Let's begin. Let's begin. Welcome to episode three of the Three on Five podcast. We three are the three in the name. With you as always uh, today is me, Matt Hoy, your co-host, captain of the ship SSTOF. That stands for Three on Five, the name of the podcast. Uh, I know that that might have been a little too much of a thinker for some of our audience, but uh, you know, I'm here to I'm here to help, here with the assist, as it were. Speaking of assists, uh, I'm hearing some rumblings that Jerry Sotak, my co-host, might be assisting in a mutiny, turning the crew against me. Is that true, Jerry? What have you heard? Uh, that blatant lies. Um... No, I, I, w- I would never do something like that. What? Why? Who, who told you that? You want their name and social security number? I don't care about their social security number. Uh, but like their name would be, you know, nice. I, I got to protect myself from slander and maybe um, clean, clean the decks afterwards. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't have those personnel files. That that's our HR officer, Phil Coppage. Uh, Phil, do you know who's been? Um slandering jerry's name well i can't i can neither confirm nor deny that but you know it's just a conflict of interest i can't just hand him over to jerry oh yeah that's a good point i mean look at that you can't trust that face (laughs) and i don't so that that makes sense um just just slander (laughs) just more slander Kind of a magnet yep. for slander. All right, well, I'll keep an eye on uh, the decks, and I'll keep an eye on my back, uh, and we'll update you as soon as we know more about the state of the crew. But uh, unfortunately for them, the pay raises will not uh, come until morale improves. So uh, for now, it's going to continue to be volunteers only uh, operating the ship. Uh, volunteers. We, we, had, we had to furlough a lot of the crews. So. <laughs> yeah, it's just us three, honestly. It's, yeah, uh, sort of strange that we don't know who's talking about whom. But and Jerry's always minding the engine room, <laughs> whatever Look, that means. It's important to mind the engine room. Can you be more specific about that? That's a little bit like uh, that's a little bit like a Scott Brooks play, where it's just kind of uh, like you dribble, someone shoot. Like I need some specificity. I need some action. I mean, like, well, I could, <laughs> I could get into technic, technical gobbledygook if you really want me to. But like, would you really even understand? I really want you to. Uh, well, I decline. <laughs> could but won't. Classic Scott Brooks. I'm sorry, Scott. I know you're an avid listener of the Three on Five podcast, but uh, I don't know how you still have a job. Speaking of uh, <clears throat> jobs to do. Uh, it's our job to cover the NBA for you. And uh, until yesterday, it was looking like we had kind of a tier of dominant teams. A lot of teams had only one loss, and then uh, a lot of teams lost, uh, thus moving to two. One of those teams was the Indiana Pacers, who have looked, and even in the loss, looked really good. Um, who did they lose to again? I can't seem to remember. Um it was, oh, man. Gosh, yeah, someone's someone's favorite team. I I don't know who, though. It was the the Julius Randle team. Oh, yeah, that, the Julius yeah, Randle All-Stars. The, the Julius Randle and the Randallettes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Phil, do you want to just, um, 
I don't know, you want to go uh, for like a polar bear plunge in celebration of your team's <laughs> victory? Yeah, well, they've they have had two really big surprising wins against the Pacers and the Bucks. Uh, they the Bucks looked out of sorts, um, but it's a big win for them nonetheless. And they played really well against the Pacers, and the Pacers have been on fire to start the season, so it's encouraging. Uh, a lot of the success has to do with Randall and Peyton have been playing really well. Peyton is scoring for a change, which has been, uh, I, I think that's not going to last very long. So I would, I think this, we were, we will probably not be this high in the standings this time next week would be my guess. Um, because Peyton is going to come back down to earth, but Randall has been much better this season. He's been uh, a really great distributor. He's turning the ball over a lot, but he is also, he almost had a, quadruple double the other night um with nine turnovers so he just barely missed it but he's he's been he's been very effective and he's just a problem for the opposing defense um he's still doing some of the annoying stuff that he's prone to do barreling into people tons of turnovers chewing with his mouth open yep um but he's been He's been good, and I think he's shown some improvement. And I think a lot of it has to do with Tibbs. Tibbs has just given them organization on the court that they haven't had and seems like they have far more accountable this season than they were under Fizz. I liked Mike Miller, but I just think Tibbs is commanding a little bit more respect from these younger guys. So, so for, so, for those of you listening at home, you can't see the video right now, but Jerry is like actively working <laughs> out the tension in his jaw while Phil is praising Tom Thibodeau. He's got to yeah. get it out without, you know, undulating that like guttural scream that's going <laughs> to emerge. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, to... I think at this point we can basically say Tibbs is the coach of the year, right? On agreement. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> But it, you know they have, they also haven't had they haven't had to play Toppins and uh, quickly have been injured. Right. So it's been mostly Randall, uh, Peyton, Barrett. Barrett's been on and off, but um, they had a historic NBA three point shooting game the other day. They they've missed twenty in a row against the Raptors. And Barrett, I think at some point had missed eighteen straight threes, so he's struggled, but he's he's been um, active and energetic out there. So it's at least we can ask for. You just have to stop playing him on the off nights. Then he's just going to be amazing. Just only play him on the on nights. Yeah. Well, hopefully those some of those off nights turn into on nights, but we'll be patient with them. Their third win is against the Cavs, right? Yeah, and the Cavs were very pesky defensively. I was really impressed with them. Um, they couldn't hit a shot against us, but they also forced 26 turnovers and still somehow managed to lose how that <laughs> happens. But they were they were active defensively in a way I was not expecting, and I don't think Okoro played in that game either. It was no. mostly Sexton and, Sexton and Garland, and Drummond was really strong against us we we have we have trouble with 
big bigs like Embiid and Drummond. That we just don't have Mitch and Nerlens can't really hang with guys that big. So. Yeah, you have two bean poles. Who uh, don't get me wrong, they're both really good players, but when they're outweighed by fifty pounds, there's not a yeah, ton to expect. Tough. Um, yeah, and I mean the Cavs are. A, I think the Cavs are four and two. They're a good team. Uh, so it's uh, yeah. I mean you have three really quality wins. Uh, the Bucks. The Bucks are the weirdest hot cold team in the NBA right now. Some nights they just look extremely pedestrian, and like one of their stars just happens to sort of go off, and then they get a, a win. Um, sometimes they just, you know, score a hundred points in two quarters or something. You know, they they just do these insane things, break the NBA record for threes made in a half. Why not? Let's do it. Um, and then other nights they just look out of sorts and pedestrian, but I don't know. And G- Giannis is not himself right now, or Giannis, sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, I mean, Giannis <clears throat> is, I mean, he's, this is what we saw happen to him in the bubble and in the playoffs, right, is people did the Stan Van Gundy thing, just built a fucking wall, and uh, he just runs headfirst into it and either gets a foul or turns the ball over, and if it, you know, if it turns more into the, or commits an offensive foul, that's been happening quite a bit too. There were like three plays in a row, one of the games a week ago that I was watching, and uh, he's on my fantasy basketball team, so I was not especially excited that he kept uh, committing offensive fouls in a row. But as like that team has so many shooters, it's insane. Their uh, their spacing is wild, and if the shooters are making them, you can't really commit to the just stop Giannis plan, which is the entire premise of their offense. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the Knicks, I mean, they've definitely overperformed. Uh, I think your next opponent is Atlanta, if I'm remembering that <clears> right, and that's going to be a hard game because Atlanta just yeah, came they, off of a demoralizing loss. The the start of their season is really tough. Yeah, they play Atlanta tomorrow. Yeah, um, and then you get OKC, don't you, after that, something? Or is it I, Utah? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's, 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 yeah, it's Utah. Utah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a tough one. Um, the Knicks look good. They're, uh, they're playing well. Lots of reason for hope. Obi Toppin is going to come back. Quickly's, I think Quickly's already back, right? Quickly came back. He, yeah. he played well, but it wasn't his, uh, 22 point preseason Hall of Fame debut. <laughs> I, I, uh, I watched the Knicks Pacers game and I don't really qu- remember quickly coming out in it. Uh did he play only a few minutes? He he played maybe 15 minutes oh, or so. Okay. He he Alec Burks who's also been great for them to start the season sat out the uh, against the Pacers and I think quick quickly soaked up those minutes. Got it. But and Bullock who's been on and off this season. I I think quickly is probably going to end up taking those Reggie Bullock minutes at some point. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, I mean, the Knicks, I said it in our like preseason show, the Knicks drafts have looked really good for a few years now. So good for you. And, you know, even Knox, as, as Knox is not, he not still looks, the NBA. he still looks lost at times, but he's shown enough improvement in this, at the start of the season to, really tease Knicks fans into giving him an, an extra year to develop. So, I mean, even if he's, you know, just a bench scorer, 
like if he can shoot I I don't know what his career field goal percentage is but I can't imagine it's above 40 and if he can if just, he can just yeah if he can just turn into a stretch big off the bench I'll take it at yep, this point for sure uh, well, that's, uh, that's the news from Nickstown. I'm really happy for you. Um, Phil, obviously Jerry and I were riding high last week when the Timberwolves were the number one team in the NBA. Um, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. That has obviously not stayed the case. No, no, it is not. It's been a tough week for you guys. Well, when you lose your best player and then face both the Los Angeles teams and I don't know who else we played. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Oklahoma City. I don't really cares. That's right. Yeah. No, um, it was not the Oklahoma City. I don't really cares. It was actually uh, Washington. But. No, I'm, I wasn't saying the Thunder. I was like making a joke. What's an irrelevant NBA city? I'm throwing shade. Is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> oh, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I forgive me. Yeah, yeah you're forgetting. My head. No worries. Um, yeah, we did. We lost to the Wizards by like 30 points. It was. Uh, it was yeah, hard. and they've they've been out of sorts too. To be the fair, Wizards. to be fair, uh, Russell Westbrook did not play in that game, so they were playing without their single greatest <clears throat> anchor. Um, whereas we played a lot of D'Angelo Russell minutes, so we doubled down on our single greatest anchor. Sort of a I handicap. I think Jerry, you sent us uh, what was it, a Timberwolves Twitter something or other. Oh and yes. I was, and I was trolling the uh, the comments on there. And so, are I'm, I'm not familiar with this part of the Wolves fan culture, but there seems to be a it's either Ryan Saunders' fault or Delo's fault debate. So, where do you guys oh. fall on that? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, basically. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ryan Saunders is probably like the most clear and obvious nepotism hire in the NBA. Uh, so there's that. The good thing about uh, Ryan Saunders is that he's like, even though he's technically the head coach, he's like kind of only technically the head coach. We've got two like very powerful assistant coaches in uh, Vanderpool and Pablo Pergioni, uh, who I think really call most of the shots on how we play the game. Saunders is more of like a, you know, a figurehead and intermediary with intermediary with the players. Uh, yeah. I've, it's mostly just been like cat is really the thing that makes our whole team go. Uh, and sort of makes everything on the court make sense for the wolves. Um, he's the only big they have. Like Nas Reed is, is starting to look oh, like a pretty. Hey, fine hold, hold your horses. We got Juancho Hernan Gomez. We got Jake Lehman. We got Ed Davis. I rest my case. Well, we got Omari Spellman. So we sent you Omari Spellman. We've, yeah, we've yeah. fleeced you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you did fleece us. To yeah. be fair, uh, Omari Spellman would immediately become the best power forward on our team uh, were he to be traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, in a sense, you did fleece us. I was not being serious. Our big situation is just, <clears throat> just an embarrassment. We don't have a power forward on our team. Josh Kogi is our best power forward. He's also hurt, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, been a rough So, game. yeah, so it's it's not looking great for the Wolves in that aspect. But 
and I, I'm by no means a D'Lo fan, um, but, uh, and he's been playing more poorly than I expected. But the you can't. I don't think you can really blame uh, everything on like any one of those two players, like or those two like particular scapegoats. It's just cats out, and when cats out, this team is a dumpster fire, and nothing makes sense. I will happily blame this on D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's hard to argue against it. He is like a minus ninety in in all of his minutes so far well, just, and without just him, in the last three games and on the season, he's like yeah. a minus 110 or something. Yeah. It's uh, it's not looking good. He's for awful. I, I don't know if you watched the start of the game today, but uh, he picked up two fouls in like four minutes or something. And uh, I think he was a minus 11 when he came out. Pretty classic D'Angelo Russell wow. stuff there. Uh, the guy is solid. Horrible. Uh, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know what else to say. Before in our in our first yeah. episode, I think I said the st- sentence like when he plays he hurts you and we're playing him a lot. So he's hurting us a lot. And they still haven't played he and Towns together much. Well, right? Towns got hurt. Right, but even before then he cuz Dila wasn't starting, right? So they weren't no, overlapping. Do do oh, I'm starting. sorry. I'm thinking I'm thinking of Edwards. Right. Sorry. Edwards is, been... the, uh, is the kind of the um, silver lining in all this. He looks <clears throat> at least like he's going to be an NBA basketball player. Unlike D'Angelo Russell. Uh, so, for those of you uh, joining us today on the podcast, one of the things that we thought would be fun was to come up with some uh, trades that... Uh, that we wanted to see happen in the NBA, and we were going to save it for later, but I figure we should just do it now because we're talking so much about D'Angelo Russell, and I want to show you guys that I'm uh, I'm an adult human who can resist his vices, and uh, I did not choose D'Angelo Russell for any of my three trades. That bums me out because I I did, but <laughs> mine's a. Uh... Mine, mine is—it's the perfect trade, really. I'm, I'm excited I'm to hear it because I had, I had like seventy Angelo Russell trades ready to go, and I chose to not choose any of them. Um, so, uh, Jerry, why don't you, why don't you start us off with your D'Lo trade? All right, this is gonna be like starting with dessert before, before you eat your meal. You but should I, always I'm, start I'm with dessert. That. That's like a known All thing. Right. You okay. might you might have a heart attack halfway through the meal. Start with your dessert. I all right all right I'll, 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 okay all right. So this is this is my D'Angelo Russell trade. Uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, and Jarrett Vanderbilt for Julius Randall, Dennis Smith, and Kevin Knox. <laughs> Uh, Whoa. you know, the, the, the Knicks, um, they have a power forward that's up and coming that they probably want to play. Uh, Dennis Smith and Kevin Knox are both, uh, you know, like sort of players that they are both sort of players. That, yes. That's true. Yeah. They, they haven't, they haven't really like, uh, worked out for the Knicks. They probably, they're probably pretty expendable, you know, decent cap filler. Uh, quickly is hurt and probably isn't ready to run an NBA team. So uh, 
this this is like a, a good a good way to have a, a point guard that can play basketball for a little while 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 quickly comes up and he clears space for Obi Toppin. Uh, and the Wolves need a power forward, so this gives them a power forward to play right now, uh, as well as two pieces to take a look at uh, and maybe now move along. Uh, what do you what do you think, Phil? What do you, what do you think? I, well, I'll start by saying that had you proposed this deal before the preseason, I think I would have hands down said yes. Um, but right now, <laughs> uh, given how well the Knicks have done to start the season and a lot of it being because of Julius is playing as well as he is, I just can't see them making a move like that, especially if they're going to be getting back a guy that is going to be competing for minutes with RJ. So I think I, I definitely don't want to take back that money, but I, I could, I think Randall would certainly help you guys. So I, I, I get the, the idea behind the trade, but you almost made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Not gonna lie. <laughs> so uh, is that a yes to be clear? <laughs> doing that. <laughs> Well, I think you want Jared I, I don't, Vanderbilt. It's, let's be honest; well, it's a Jared okay, Vanderbilt well, trade. That's the that's the chewing yeah. nugget center. If that's yeah, I mean, I think you got to do it then, right? If you're getting Vanderbilt back, that's what I'm saying. Got to go for it. Are, and will you guys? Are you willing to throw Wancho in the deal? Because we've had the we've yes. had the other Hernan Gomez, and we. Um, Jerry, it's happening. I mean, we, if, we, if you're gonna if you're gonna twist my arm, <laughs> well, we we discarded Willie pretty easy, pretty quickly for two second round picks. So I think it would it would be a nice fit if we traded for him and then traded him away very quickly. Like, so I think that would that would be a benefit for me just to get him to discard him. I mean, if you're gonna twist my arm over it, I, I suppose we could offer uh, Hernan Gomez as well. Though I don't see what it is that you guys would ha- would give back uh, to make the salaries work, uh, if I'm being completely honest. I will give you any player whose name is not Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony <laughs> Edwards, or Malik Beasley in this trade. Any single player. Have at it. Have at them. <clears throat> I actually had... I, I didn't make my list, but I'm trying to recreate it now because I had a Randall to the... Timberwolves trade idea, but I'm trying to remember which pieces I had going where. It's got to happen. I mean, it, the reason that I'm excited for this idea is because we literally don't have a power forward on our team, so uh, that would be great to just have one. Just be prepared for all of your young guys, for Towns to really hate playing with Randall. Dude, Carl Anthony Towns hasn't felt happiness in like three years. I, you know. Nothing's going to change that until he it, and Anthony Davis pair up in LA and win three titles in a row or something. Then it'll and is he against. still? Is his timeline still a month or two or what? What is it? It's week to week, uh, which is, I guess, worse than day to day. Yeah, I mean, he has a dislocated wrist, which I, I don't know what that is, but it sounds horrible. I would I would like for my wrist to remain located. 
All right. Uh, I'll is take one then. Wrist? What was that, Jerber? <clears throat> okay. Where Where is your wrist? Uh, n- never mind. Go ahead. Where is my wrist located? Yeah. Well, well, it's, Jerry, that's it's not a, a very good joke. I mean, dislocate. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right, my my first trade. I'm gonna I'm gonna do kind of the opposite of Jerry. I don't think it's wise to start with dessert for a meal. I think you should eat your veggies first. You know, go through the progression, end up with dessert. Um, so my my first uh, my first trade is just some white bread, uh, potato adjacent. Uh, dish. I'm going to say that the Nuggets send the Nets Will Barton and the Nets send the Nuggets Torian Prince and they do it straight up. One for one trade. See, it's stuff like this that I'm so bad at like coming up ideas for trades for because like you know, like periphery players like this where, you know, they're legitimate rotation players and everything like that. It's just so hard for me to like wrap my head around which ones should and sh- should go where and like who would be willing to give up what well here's here's my justification so this one for seems it. pretty good uh will barton and mpj um constitute a log jam like they're positionally more or less redundant um the nuggets are not starting both of them uh as it stands today um and uh, i think against the wolves today they started barton um, which I guess that makes sense because I think MPJ is in the COVID protocol. It occurs to me. Anyway, um, they they seem to really want Gary Harris to play basketball for their team, which I don't I don't know why, but they really do want Gary Harris out there. And uh, so the Barton MPJ Millsap like wing combo apparently is not the thing that they're interested in. Uh, so this gets them off of Barton. They lose that logjam, um, and Barton's on a fine contract. And they get back Torian Prince, who is a better power forward than Paul Millsap, in my opinion. I think he uh, does more or less the exact same thing as Millsap defensively. Traditionally, he's been a better shooter, though, of course, Millsap has bombed threes from every which angle against the Wolves because that's how the world works. Um, but I just think it makes too much sense. Uh you relegate Millsap to your backup power forward position, which is probably where he's more appropriately kept. Um, I just think it makes both teams better. I think this would be, I think this would be a better trade than Seth Curry for Josh Richardson straight up. Well, I, I do like it, especially after you've explained it to me. So, <laughs> <clears throat> Phil, do you also um, accept this as a potato adjacent, healthy but not too healthy dish? Yeah, it's it's a good good palate cleanser for Ooh, the start of the meal. That's the perfect way to that. This is a palate cleanser. I got the spicy coming later. Yeah. All right, Phil. Do you have any uh, any proposed trades you want to go into? I do. I have uh, I have two different Bradley Beal trades. Oh boy. Let's start with let's start with one. Because I, I want to keep Beal in the conversation. What's what's your first Bradley okay. Beal trade? Well, I have, I have uh, the Heat making a move for Mr. Beal and sending back Iguodala, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Precious, and however many picks it takes to get it done. 
Do they need um, picks beyond that? That's a haul. It's a haul, but I don't know. I think if you're the Heat and the Wizards, I think the Heat probably after their start. I don't know. the The, the Tyler Hero trade value is so through the roof right yeah, now insane. that I think you could probably na- nab one of these guys. I wouldn't want Harden just from a just based on his age and the chemistry. Well, and the fact that they live in Miami. And yeah, and just see how, him again, and how he's going to re- react to that. And Beal, I think, I think we're going to start to get real Bradley Beal noise this season. Just they—they're not looking good. Um, I had them seventh. I was—I'm kind of disappointed in their start. Um, I know they've been—is it Tom Shepard, the new GM there? I don't know. Well, he's been very vocal about we're not trading Brad. He's—we're building around him. He's the centerpiece. So I think. I just think at some point he's going to get frustrated and want out of there because they're not going to have the assets to surround him with guys, and he's not going to be patient enough to wait for Rui and Denny to develop into the sidekicks he needs. Well, this is the weird thing about Washington, right? Like, they already have the pieces. Thomas Bryant's good. Bertans is good, though. Bertans kind of looks like Gumby. He's a little gelatinous so far this season. Bryant um, is one of the most underrated guys in the league. Yeah, he's good. I, he's I like very good. Bryant a lot. Um, they have Denny, who, even though he's a rookie, he's played really well. Uh, part he had a pretty low impact in their last game, but he's looked good. Um, Rui, man, I'm I am not as high on Rui Hachimura as everybody else is. I don't really think he's a player. But you know, that's sort of beside the point. You add Bradley Beal to the guys who I've already mentioned, and like. That's a legit group of guys. That's a solid core to build around. Uh, on the other hand, I love what you've laid out here. I do think Washington would demand a pick back, and I think Miami would smartly give whatever they asked. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think, think you'd have to if you're giving up Hero and Robinson. I don't. I don't think you have to give up the Ju- the Drew Holiday package of picks with no, it. No, I agree. Um, but I, I love that. I love that trade. It's an all-in play for Miami. Uh, it's a way to get something back for Beal. Um, plus, oh my gosh, the like the amount of young talent that the Wizards would have. Yeah, they'd have a nice, fun core. I that'd mean, be sick. And also Russell Westbrook. And they'd also, you know, I think they owe they owe the Rockets a heavily protected pick this year, but. I don't know. I think Russ, unfortunately, is still there and is going to do Russ stuff and get them just good enough to not make the playoffs, but also not get a great pick. So, I hope. I, I mean, I had them as the ten seed, and I felt like an insane person for doing it. So, uh, I hope they keep this up, and I can feel um, superior and uh, condescend to everybody on the street. But yeah, let's be I, honest. I'll, I'll do that anyway. So. I picked the Pacers to end up 12th, so I don't <laughs> yeah. look. And well, I'm, ha- pretty sh- I'm pretty sure Sabonis listens to this podcast because <laughs> he, he he's playing like he's out for blood and Dude, he's out for my blood. The Sabonis-Turner front court has 
made the turn from like looking pretty good to looking <clears throat> really good. How how did Stanny Ainge turn that guy down for Hayward? I, it's just beyond. <laughs> Have we reached I, the part of the show where we question whether or not Danny Ainge is good at his job? I'm ready. I just still not, we talked we talked about it last week. I just it blows my mind that that was on the table and he didn't he didn't want it. Well, they have a I mean, 28 million dollar trade exception, right? Yeah. So we could trade them D'Angelo Russell for nothing. Get get back the rights to like RJ Hunter. I don't something. care. I will give him to you for nothing. Who says no? I'm pretty sure Danny Ainge. I'm pretty sure yeah, the Celtics would be like, hell no. no. He's saving that for Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I think he's saving it for Anthony Davis. He's going to have to keep saving it, unfortunately. Uh, all right, that's a really good one. I like that a lot. Jerry, why don't you um, Why don't you follow that really good trade? Well, I, I was cycling through a bunch of stuff. Um mostly centered on the Raptors trading Pascal Siakam. Dude, uh, I was on a Siakam kick too. I didn't come up with any. What do you got? Uh, I've got the one that I, I've, I've got is to the Nuggets for a combination uh, centering on Michael Porter. Uh, they they send have to send out... It's hard to make the salaries match. Uh, so I, I don't actually have uh, the exact trade down, but it's it looks something like Siakam for and something uh, for Harris, Barton, and Michael Porter Jr. And you probably have to send out picks and or like find a way to ship Norman Powell in there or something like that. Oh, dude. Uh, Norman Powell's an asset. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. I, oh, like, oh, for I, salaries, I think that, you mean? Yes. Got it. Yep. Uh, so... I think that this is a way for the uh, like you're giving up Siakam, but I think this the shine has sort of worn off of Siakam. But the the De- Denver really needs to have like a sort of a defensive presence next to Jokic, and you know Siakam has that reputation at least. Uh, oh, he's still he's still an amazing defender. He's just offensively super limited. I mean, that defense <clears throat> is the reason that uh, we refer to him in this podcast as All NBA Second Team Pascal Siakam. Um, uh, uh, you know. So, I think he could fill the hole that, uh, you know, losing, um, what's his name, to the uh, Pistons. Uh, Jeremy Grant. His name is gone, sorry. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. Uh, and, yep, and that Millsap, like, uh, also filled a couple years ago. And I think he could probably fill that role better than those two did. So, it's something that I think the Nuggets would sort of be interested in um but it's a lot of money to have jammed up in three players especially when there are other players that are probably on the board that you could trade for that are better than siakam right now but i don't know i think it's a pretty good fit uh so i thought i would give it a try oh man yeah if you're denver i think you say anyone whose name is not Nikola Jokic or jamal murray we will give them to you for pascal siakam for sure. Well, then, then he's got more shine to him than I thought. Uh, anyway, I thought that this was a good way to get like an injection of like some high quality talent onto like 
the Raptors need to find their next big star. Siakam's like very good, I think, but like I, I think Porter has some more upside than he does, and is a lot younger. So Man. Porter's definitely younger. I don't know. I'm MPJ is a player for sure. I just don't think he's ever going to be a number one option on a winning team. Um, whereas Siakam has been a number one option on a winning team. Um, so I I don't know. I'm I think the Nuggets do that trade every day of the week and send out as many picks as it takes to get it done. I don't think the Raptors are super interested though. I don't know. Maybe they value MPJ higher than I do. So this would probably be part of a series of moves. Like they'd probably ship out Lowry here too to someone sure. else. Um, the, the Raptors haven't looked as good as I thought. They Lowry's would. on an expiring, right? And he, yeah. he makes like 30 exactly. 30.5. 30.5. Okay. Yeah. So Lowry's a little hard to trade. I don't think OKC can afford to do it, unfortunately for them. Yeah, that's true. He's still good, though. I don't know. Yeah, he's not bad by any means. He's not as good as Mike Conley. I think we can all agree on that. So um, there is that problem. Can we all agree on that? Oh, man, Mike Conley's a world beater. He's the best point guard in the NBA. I I like both of those guys, but I I think if I'm going into a Game 7, I'd rather have Lowry, but that's just me. Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 being a little facetious. I'm I'm really happy that Mike Conley's having such a strong start, but he's looked old for a while now. And uh my money would be on him remaining old. But hey, so is Kyle Lowry. Uh yeah, I, I love that trade for the Nuggets. Um and maybe the Raptors are willing to blow it up, and if they do, then getting MPJ back as your centerpiece with some picks seems pretty legitimate. Um so yeah, that that, that could definitely be realistic. Phil, do you do that trade if you're both sides? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. Wow. How many picks back do you need from Denver? Well, as many as you can pry out of them. But (laughs) What's the minimum? What's the floor number of picks, though, is what I mean. I'd I'd probably ask for at least two and two swaps. Let them whittle me down to... One and one. I don't know. So uh, why don't we keep going? I'll start with my next trade. Um, So next up I have a Mavericks trade. Uh, The Mavs are going to send out Dwight Powell, James Johnson, Josh Green, and a 2025 top 10 protected first for you know him, you love him. Andre Drummond. I knew it. Yep. I fucking knew it. Sorry. Well, uh, what's <laughs> me and standing Andre Drummond? Name a more extremely, iconic dude. Extremely on brand. Yep. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm here for it. Yep. Well, my first my first trade was the palate cleanser. Now I need the main dish. That thing that's going to get you all the calories. <clears throat> You're ready to go. It's going to going to nourish you. Uh, here's why both teams do it. Uh, if you're the Cavs, Drummond is on an expiring. Your window is probably not open yet. Uh, I know they've played really well, but that's not its not a real thing. Um, Caleb still has, I think, this season and next on his contract. You're never going to win anything while he's on your team. 
Um, Drummond is not like the answer for them. They got him for effectively nothing. So turning him into Josh Green uh, and also another first round pick, even though it's top 10 protected, uh, is like enormous value for what you gave up. Dwight Powell's on, I think, a three-year, $30 million contract, so he's affordable. And if his Achilles, it turns out, still exists, then you get a player. James Johnson expires after this year. Uh, and then if you're the Mavs, you put Andre Drummond next to Luka Doncic. And you just say, hey, watch the Hawks play. Do that, please. Except an NBA title, right? Uh, sorry, what? <clears throat> you can't win anything while Kevin Love is on your team except an NBA title, right? Okay, Jerry, I, look, I, if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is playing minutes for you right now, are you winning an NBA title? Uh, all right, no. no. No, but but hold on. He won, like, six of them. Why, why can't uh, you win a title with... How about Bill Russell? He won 11. Are you winning stuff if Bill Russell's playing minutes for you, Jerry? Are you, are you really... Are you, so you're saying... I'm saying Kevin Love is washed. Okay. All right. This is not a this is not a hot take. I refuse to be given that that hot take tone. This is known. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's a little. It's a little. It's like. It's like warmish. I don't think it's warm. Nobody thinks Kevin Love's good at basketball. That's, I mean, that's well. That's not true. I I think I'm surprised there hasn't been someone willing to make like a low low ball bet on Kevin Love just for, you know, an equally scary contract. Because the Cavs, I think the Cavs are holding out hope they're going to get something for him. Is there an equally scary contract? You've got Russell Westbrook and John Wall who are more scary. Then you got Kevin Love. I think he's in a tier of his own in terms of scariness. And then I have no idea where you go in terms of scariness after that. Kevin Love's Wiggins. a pretty scary what about, contract. What about, what about Wiggins? Yeah, Wiggins is bad. That's true. Yeah, well, K-Love I... to the Warriors for Andrew Wiggins. Bring him back to Cleveland. Hey. I think Love would probably play a lot better for Golden State with Steph there. <laughs> Legitimately not actually that bad of a trade. <laughs> yeah. All right, we found one, friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Plus... Kevin Love has, like, been an overrated shooter his entire career, and he's never, apart from one play in the NBA Finals, to his credit, he's never been a very good defender. Um, I don't know, man. you got to pay him a lot of money to be pretty bad at basketball. I mean, he's still, like, a 2010 guy. I don't, I don't think like, he's averaged 20 points a game for, like, seven seasons. No, he's at like eighteen, but that's like basically a twenty ten guy. Basically a twenty ten guy. Yeah, yeah. He's also one of one of the best rebounders, still active. I mean, he he doesn't play as much as he used to, or he never really played all that much anyway. He's very injury prone. But... Kevin Love was always an overrated rebounder too. It's, I mean, it's like... true. Like six racked, of his six of his rebounds every I mean, game were from free throw rebounds. Like the guys, I don't know. I'm I'm a K Love hater. I'm sorry. He seems like a really excellent guy, really lovely guy. That one time he guarded Steph, that was sick. Great job. 
Steph really should have driven to the basket and scored. Chose not to for some reason. That was great. Good job, Kevin. I just think if you put him if you put him on a more competitive roster, does his performance tick up I for a season? I think basically every player except Andrew Wiggins' performance ticks up if you put them on more competitive rosters. But uh, I still don't think that's enough to make Kevin Love at all valuable. Like he's still a big minus. Yeah. At that at that contract size. If you're paying him 8 million bucks a year to come off the bench as your backup power forward, sure, go for gold. That's great. But that's hard to do cuz he uh he makes a lot of money instead of He does make a lot of money instead of that. Uh, so anyway, Jerry, you you got all hot and bothered while I was uh, talking about my my amazing Andre Drummond trade. Can you uh, can you react to that for me? Oh yes, that's fair. Uh, I I love it. Uh, oh yes, I, I love it a lot. Uh, the reason being that Luca is still on his rookie contract. This is this is the kind of trade that I wish teams made more. Uh, when when a player. Uh, is as productive on their rookie contract as a player like Luca or Trey Young or Zion is. Just swing hard. Yeah. Go for the, go for the players like uh, Andre Drummond or uh, or Kevin Love. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Players <laughs> that are very that are productive but overpaid. Andre uh, Drummond's not overpaid. Okay, uh, <laughs> go for the players that are productive but overpaid because you can afford to. You have a, a player that's being dramatically underpaid, uh, that's still on their rookie deal. So, yeah, I, I love this tra- trade. This is a, the exact kind of thing I would like to see teams make more. And uh, you've you've made it. Good job. Thank you. I in brought, in their brought... in their losses, the Mavs mm-hmm. have been out rebounded terribly. Um, so there would be good news on that front in that Andre Drummond is pretty good at rebounding. He is pretty good at rebounding. It's true. I think that's a great trade for both teams, but if I'm if I'm the Mavericks, I don't I'm a little worried about the fit with Porzingis with Drummond. I think he's good insurance for when Porzingis doesn't play half the season. <laughs> Um, but I just, that fit would really worry me. Yeah. And also, I mean, you're also forgetting, um, how are they, they need to keep their cap space open this summer for John Collins. I mean, wouldn't he be a great fit in Dallas? I don't want to talk about John Collins, Phil. Well, I just figured, you know, you, you could get both of your favorite players on this team. The Minnesota Timberwolves are not giving up John Collins, so it's not. That it's not a problem. Oh, he's has he been signed? Yeah, he's on the. I'm pretty sure he's on the Timberwolves. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I was playing 2K earlier today, and he was on the Timberwolves. So you you did the Doctor Strange look at the 14 million futures, and That's you right. found the yeah. Okay, yeah. I found the one where John Collins is a Timberwolf. Okay, oh, the one the one where you have to trade away Wancho to make it work. <laughs> yeah, I, I say no. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna. I don't think we need to litigate whether or not Andre Drummond is a better player than Kevin Love. We're just gonna disagree there, um, even though the answer no, is obviously no. yes. I, I'm not. I'm not saying. 
I'm not saying that... Uh, I, I was merely pointing out another player that is overpaid and productive. Yeah, I'm, I'm just... I, uh, I don't buy the overpaid thing. If Rudy Gobert is worth $40 million... He's not. But didn't we also talk about how no we center is worth that much? Already. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. Uh, center is center's a tough position to pay for. My only point, though, is like if you want a center to play on your team, like there are a few guys who are better than Andre Drummond. But only a few. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing that Andre Drummond isn't a very good player. Uh, I'm saying that he gets paid a lot of money, yeah. and there's a reason why Denver or Denver, the Denver has nothing to do with this. There's a reason why Detroit uh, traded him to uh, Cleveland for basically nothing. nothing. Yeah, like a second round pick. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they had to pay Blake Griffin. They gotta gotta invest. Blake Griffin, another not better would have been a better example than Kevin. Love, I agree with you. By the way, yes, I agree. Uh, all right, so that's that's my trade. Gets Andre Drummond to the Mavs, and then Andre Drummond can um, make Mark Cuban look like an idiot and leave in free agency, and we'll all laugh. It'll be great. Or they win a title. I don't know. Who's to say? My oh, I, I did want to address the um, Porzingis fit because like the Mavs played Powell and Porzingis before Powell's, you know. Achilles uh, exploded. Like they, I'm pretty sure they, if I'm remembering correctly, it has been a while. But I seem to remember them playing Porzingis and Powell at the same time, and it being pretty decent. Yeah, and they've done the same with. Um, they played him with Boban and and Kleber. I mean, they they have a lot of four or fives that they use simultaneously. So yeah. I don't think it would be that big of a concern. Because Drummond would help you enough with the re- with rebounding that it, it would sort of work itself out. But I just still think Porzingis. I, I just there's that doesn't feel like a good fit to me for some reason. Yeah, Porzingis and I mean, Drummond it, are both bad at switching. You so, could definitely stagger them. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, like Drummond's a rental, so like. Uh, even if it, if it doesn't work out, it's not like you're losing out on much, you know. But I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't give up those assets if I'm just getting a one year rental for Drummond. I agree. I think you do well, it well, and assume that you're signing him long term. Okay, so what, it was Powell. Uh, who else? James Johnson, which is just an expiring. Uh, Josh yeah. Green and a 2025 top ten protected first. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that I would. Even if it was a rental, I wouldn't like be too upset about giving up those assets. It depends like, how you like feel that, about Josh that, Green. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't feel particularly enthused about Josh Green. Sure, um, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like that gives you uh, a chance to like really do some damage in the Western Conference this year. Uh, and if that opens up like a Western Conference Finals run, even if Drummond walks, I, I think I could still be pretty happy about it. Yes, agreed, totally. I think it's a good trade for both sides. All right, uh, Phil, what's your next trade? Okay, so I don't think 
I don't think this is a good trade. I don't think either team would ever consider this or should consider this. But uh, just on the topic of, while we're on the topic of uh, overpaid big men who, and how it's never a good idea to overpay big men. My other Bradley Beal, I don't want to call this trade idea, but more of a a thought experiment, let's call it. A team-building exercise. (laughs) A trust fall. So there's been a lot of talk about Ben Ben Simmons straight up for, uh, for Harden. And whether or not the the Rockets should expect more picks, and whether or not the Sixers should give up picks to get that, I don't think they should. Um, and I've also watched more Sixers to start the season than I have in the past. And Simmons has really grown on me. He's he <laughs> he's just all over the place. He's he's involved in every play on both sides of the court. He's just a menace. And uh, Embiid is also a beast, but I turned this idea on its head and I thought, what if you, instead of flipping uh, Simmons straight up for a guy like Harden, what if you flipped Embiid for a guy like Beal straight up? What would those teams look like afterwards? Um, I don't think, if you're the Wizards... I don't think you can get much better of a return than someone like Embiid. Um, And for the Sixers, Simmons would be surrounded by so much shooting, and you'd still have Dwight Howard, who is annoyingly good in his old age. It's it's kind of um, irritating to see that he's finally put the pieces together to work within, you know, a, a, a the team from a team chemistry standpoint, that he's not just like pissing everyone off. Maybe he is. I just doesn't seem like he is anymore. We'll but. find out in a few years how many new kids he has, and then we might have some more insight into right. Yeah. But what I just think you Simmons with that much shooting around him, and then you, you know, you get you don't get Joel Embiid production from center, but you're getting maybe 75% of that production for a fifth of the cost. System. I thought that was an interesting idea. Again, I don't think either team would ever consider doing this, just swapping their franchise guys for each other. But I don't know. Beal, Beal uh, Seth Curry, uh, Tobias with Dwight and Simmons, uh, that, that there's something about that that's kind of – terrifying yeah it's it's interesting i think if you're the wizards the answer is obviously yes you do that in a heartbeat um i don't think that the 76ers can do that trade though. yeah right it's just like Embiid is yeah you can't trade a guy like Embiid. no he's a top five franchise cornerstone but it is a really wild experiment. This is this is the downside of having Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on the same team. Is like 
Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid could both be such interesting players in different contexts. But there's this non-bow problem where they just have a bit of skill redundancy and they don't complement one another all that well, apart from defensively. Uh, but, oh my gosh, Beal. Oh, looks like we lost Jerry. Two on five is the name of the new podcast. Uh, I will say, yeah, I, I think that uh, Beal with Simmons would be an absolutely disgusting offensive combination. Imagining that pick and roll is like... It's gross. Well, you make a good point too that, that having Simmons and Embiid at you know two guys you could legitimately build around that may or may not be a perfect fit with each other. It's hard not to think of well, I, if I keep this one guy, I could really actually build around the other if I yeah if I tr- if I trade if I trade one or the other of these guys, I can actually put together a pretty devastating package but they they could also just be end up being good yeah i mean this is this is the like this is the gamble of keeping them together because if they're not good enough to win a title together which maybe they are i was like i was really tempted to put them as my number one team in the east um i chose not to because i think there are still question marks with that team but like they are really really good and uh i think that that there's a chance that they're good enough to win a title together. If they're not, splitting them up sooner rather than later seems like a no-brainer move to me because they definitely subtract from one another. Like if you're playing both of them, you're only getting 80% of what makes Ben Simmons and 80% of what makes Joel Embiid special on your team. And maybe 80% of those two players is still enough to be just incredibly good. Like, we saw that in Miami where Bosch was, you know not able to be nearly as productive as he was uh, in Toronto. And, you know, all of those guys had to uh, make production sacrifices in order to to thrive there. Um, but it, it just, I don't know, maybe the Sixers are good enough to win with Embiid and S- Simmons. And if they are, then you'd be insane to trade them away because they're both young. They're both corner potential cornerstone talents. Uh, in the 16 games that Simmons didn't play with Embiid last season, he was like a 28-7 and guy on like 64% from the field. Like, it's insane. It's disgusting. Those are like Pascal Siakam level numbers. You know, I don't want to get carried away, but... Uh... Well, the other thing, too, is this, the Sixers have just been looked really, really good to start the season. So yeah. the, they would never do anything like this to begin with. But... Right, right. But I just think if you're I, I after doing that trade experiment in my head, I was just like, why don't definitely don't trade Ben Simmons for for Harden? That just yeah. does not does not sit well with me. Man, I, I'm I'm excited for the trade line to have passed so that I can either because in either scenario we'll stop hearing James Harden trade chatter. I'm just not, I don't care anymore. There's, It's been talked about too much. So with that transition, Jerry, who's your third trade? Please let it be James Harden. Please let it be James Harden. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I can I can do a James Harden trade. Uh, I, I had one. Um, I, I I kind of, uh, I, I kind of missed here what the last conversation was, though, because I lost internet connection for a minute there. Uh, we were just talking about that a how- Simmons for Harden trade. No, it was well. It, 
it uh, was Simmons for was Harden, it? but then it segued into a potential Embiid for Beal swap, and just what Ooh, that would what, what that would what that would look like for the Sixers. And the Wizards. You know, we actually didn't talk much about uh, that. Like, Embiid might be the perfect player to put next to Russell Westbrook. Um, but that's the only, that's also the only Beal trade I can think of that where the Wizards would not let the Sixers off the phone. They would be like, yes, 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 yeah. let's do that. <laughs> we don't need picks. Just give them, give us a <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there, there are other players, like if, if the Lakers called the Wizards and were like, "Hey, you want LeBron?" They, yeah, uh, of course, well, they'd say yes. But like, you know, realistic. But then I think we also just agreed the Sixers so, just look so good that that, that yeah. nothing is going to happen there, right? So I had a few trade ideas for this last one. Uh, I tried to get Blake Griffin onto the Miami Heat, uh, but it's very hard to do. Um, because of the way the trade deadline works this year. Uh, a lot of the players that uh, Miami re-signed for like, the correct size contracts uh, are not eligible to be traded. Um, and normally the, you know, the moratorium or like, the, like, the, the players that can... You can trade players that were signed in the offseason, I think usually in like mid-December... Uh, but since everything is weird this season, it doesn't actually happen until after the trade deadline. So a lot of players are just ineligible to be traded this year. Yeah, which kind of makes the the Blake Griffin to to Miami thing uh, not likely. Uh, like you'd you'd need to trade like nine players uh, because you can't you can't add Myers Leonard or Goron to the trade. Um, at least so not for really another couple of weeks, right? Well, until after uh, the trade no, deadline. They, yeah, they, they they can't uh, they don't become eligible until after the trade deadline has passed. Um, oh, okay. So, Jerry, why why do you want to send Blake Griffin to Miami? Uh, for his passing and his shooting. You want you want the Bam, uh, Blake Griffin and Jimmy Butler passing extravaganza. Yeah, I um. The Heat have a lot of players on their team that I don't understand how they're as good as they are uh, with those players. Uh, Kelly Olenek comes to mind. Um, Myers Leonard also comes to mind. And I feel like if you can turn players like that into Blake Griffin, uh, who's, you know, definitely being paid a lot of money, uh, but he's only being paid a lot of money for a little bit longer then it makes these next couple of years, uh, you know, the window is open a little bit wider. Hmm. Um, and this probably would have made more sense before the finals run, uh, seeing as we know how good they are now and whatnot. But I don't know. I, I do like Blake Griffin, and I think when you add more passing and shooting, good things happen. Um so I don't know if I would describe Blake Griffin as adding shooting. I like I I know he's shooting a decent percentage from three this season, but I'm pretty sure every single make that he's had has come from the corner. I haven't <laughs> seen him make anything that wasn't a corner three. Uh okay. I've I've only watched a couple of 
Pistons games. So why? I mean, they're such a fun team to watch play basketball. It's well, you can watch uh, Killian Hayes go scoreless for like forty-seven straight minutes. Well, I the reason why that this kind of that, sparked that, is because that didn't actually happen. I'm sorry. Go on. Blake Blake Griffin hit eight threes in his game earlier this season, and I saw a, an actual chunk of that game, and he looked pretty damn good. Uh, so I don't know. I just think it would, his his post play is still pretty decent too. I think that could add another dimension to the game, though it's hard to do that with Bam next to you. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that. Uh, the reason why I like it is because Miami has a bunch of weird players on large contracts that I'm not particularly fond of. Uh, and I would like to turn those weird contracts into something that's a little bit better, if still not perfect. Sure. So is is Detroit just salary dumping him then? Or is are they getting an asset back in return? Uh, this is just a straight salary dump. Because um, I think you're right, the Blake Blake is not the Blake of old, but he he does have a an old man game that is going to help some veteran team in the league. So I don't I think they could probably get something for him. I'm not saying a, a package of picks, but I think they could they could snag a piece for him from the right team. And Miami Miami has a bunch of those little throw in pieces. I think they'd they'd be hard pressed to give one of those guys up for anything. So I guess I guess the problem for me is that Blake Griffin does not make any team so much better that they are a contender. Uh he does not have a skill set, I think, that is uh particularly helpful for any of the big contenders, even Miami. And like the things that you would need to give up to take him back just feel like they're going to be inherently worth more like i maybe detroit will you know take back neither of tyler hero or duncan robinson but if you have to include either of those guys why on yeah. earth would you do the trade if you're miami no you you wouldn't this this like i said this is mostly a, a salary dump sure. uh it's like Myers, my my ideal package would be like Myers, Leonard, uh, Kelly Olynyk, and then, I mean, take your pick of the other bad contracts that the the Heat have. But Leonard isn't isn't tradable, right? No, no, he's not. Uh, And that's kind of like the kind of the the thing that I wanted to to bring up here is just like how how strange this is going to be as a season because there's going to be a ton of players that are just not eligible to be traded this year. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not really a feasible package. Um, okay. But did you have any other trades that you thought were feasible? Uh, I mean, I have some uninspiring Harden trades. I, I, I like the the Harden for Simmons and a pick, but sure. Uh, I think that's been touched on already. Um, okay. Phil, do you have any uh, other interesting ones you want to go for? No, I think that. Pretty much covers it. I mean, I've. I, I don't. I, do you guys think we're going to see a lot of trade movement to see? I'm starting to think it's going to be pretty dead d- during the season. I lean Maybe. more in that direction. <clears throat> uh, the the Dinwiddie injury might be interesting. That might motivate the Nets to do something. 
Um, they just lost to the Wizards, which is uh, not a good look for the Brooklyn Nets. So the Dinwiddie injury might might make them uh, uncomfortable enough to go get a third star. Um, but I don't they're, know. they don't. I don't think they've. I think uh, Zach Lowe was talking about this with someone that the them trading for Harden it should not necessarily be a priority because they, they don't need his offensive kick. They, they're a bottom tier defensive team to start the season. They need an upgrade there. And I yeah. think wasting assets to get Harden, well, not necessarily wasting, but using up the cash of assets you have to improve what is already your, a massive strength for you seems like a waste of <clears throat> assets. It could be. I, I don't know. Ball handling is one of those things, and the ability to score in isolation, is those are two things that do not diminish in terms of returns in the playoffs. Like, the more elite ball handling you can have and the more uh, one-on-one scoring potential you can have, the better when defenses are really locked in and playoff rotations are in effect. So I, I, I don't know that I, I totally agree with that take, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, if if either of Irving or Durant miss time, having Harden is like a pretty darn good uh, offensive uh, plan B. Yeah, um, but it's just so much money to spend on a plan B. I, I would, I think, I would rather have personally. I'd rather have the, you know, you've you've got Irving and Durant, who are two of the best scorers in the game and isolation scorers already, uh, and I wouldn't want to give up the incredible depth that i have for a little for some redundancy in that area i guess i guess what i'm i'm getting at is like it seems to me like their depth is um without dinwiddie their depth is uh mostly forward based like uh luawu cabaro is not i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but he is not not amazing he's not an exceptional player and uh i think that if you you know, switch him out for Lavert, which Lavert is effectively the starter. He might not start the game, but he's going to always play more minutes than Luau Cabarro does. Um, your guard rotations are a little troubling. Like Landry Shamit isn't getting it done. Like Dinwiddie was actually pretty important for this team in terms of depth. So I don't know. Yeah, and he's he's been there. I mean, he's he's got chemistry with that that previous Brooklyn core that's still there. They, they know how to get things done. So I, that's going to hurt them more than a lot of people are saying. I mean, losing Dinwiddie is definitely a drawback. I just don't see it being enough of a drawback to blow up the rest of your team to get James Harden. Like you, you you can find, I'm sure that there's a cheaper option available uh, that can still give you like 70 or 80% of what Dinwiddie did without, you know, making the hardened trade that. How about probably... D'Angelo? I was, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's where he, that's where he, that's where he made his start. He Dude, I would, with the, uh... I would send D'Angelo there in a heartbeat. I w- the the problem is his salary, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not good. All right. Well, um, I lied earlier. I was a I was a sneaky a sneaky boy. Um, when I said that I couldn't find a Pascal Siakam trade that I liked. Uh, that was me um, misdirecting you. Uh, I did, oh, in God. fact, find a Pascal Siakam trade that I like. 
Uh, and this was my spicy one. Because um, I think that this is a way for a small market team to compete for the NBA title this season. Okay. And probably it. next. The Raptors send Pascal Siakam. The Nuggets send Boyan Bogdanovich. Oh, whoops. I typed that wrong. The Jazz is who I meant to say. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. The Jazz send Boyog Bondanovich, Joe Ingles, their 2021 unprotected first pick, and a 2025 top three protected first. Mm. Beautiful. It's yeah. a lot of defense on that team. That's a lot of defense on that team. You're Conley. I don't know how Donovan Mitchell's bad at defense. He was so good in college. It doesn't make any sense to me why he's not a better defender. Um, he uses a lot of his energy on offense. I yeah. guess. Uh, I know that they like don't have a small forward on their team anymore if they do this trade, but I don't care. The Pascal Siakam, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley core just feels nasty. Yeah, the I, I'm I, I really like the the Gobert Pascal pairing. That that seems really nice. That's yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, I'd be um, worried about that 2025 pick, but, but cost of doing business, um, baby. I you got to go for it. You yeah, got Rudy but I locked up for four, five years. <laughs> it does feel like Siakam's value is going to tank really hard. I, I don't know if you guys saw that he um, he sat the game against the Knicks. He was yeah, disciplinary he was, issues. Yeah, which were not were not formally announced, but he I guess he left the bench for the locker room before the game ended in the previous game. And for that guy to be your highest paid player, I would not be not shock me if besides just like you know what, let's trade this guy while his value is at its highest because that thirty seven million dollars ain't gonna go down smooth. Is yeah, that what he's gonna make in year four? Thirty seven million. I think I think he's make he's making in the thirties. I think. But yeah, I think he uh, makes thirty right low, now. It's low thirties. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not thirty seven. Even still, he's making a ton of money. I think that, dude, I think that would, imagine what Quinn Snyder could do with that group of humans. Yeah, it would be, it might take them a couple of weeks to get acclimated. I mean, losing two big pieces like that and replacing it with Pascal. But yeah, it's good gamble for them. I mean, even if you just like play Royce O'Neal at the four and Pascal at the three. I don't know, dude. I think that would be sick. Yeah, I mean, you're still going to have like the same problems that the Jazz have had for years, uh, like in terms of scoring and whatnot. But I would, uh, I would do that. I, I, I would want to see. Uh, sometimes I just get fascinated with certain like lineup com- or like front court combinations, and that's a very Masai deal too. Like, yeah. Yeah, and Gobert, uh, Gobert Pascal sounds like a. It's it's it's, it's like when yeah, I'm kind of like 
you know, moving my mouth around like I got some peanut butter in my mouth. <laughs> Just savoring that. Yeah, yeah. The Jazz would be the best defense in the NBA for four straight seasons. There would be like no, no question about it. It would be insane. Anyway, that's that's my big spicy take. Is I think Pascal to the Jazz is the uh, is the thing that we should keep an eye on. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, me too. I hope it happens, dude. That would be really really sick. Uh, all right, well let's uh, let's move on. I think we've spent a good amount of time on trades. Uh, the other thing that we were talking about, uh, those of you who are loyal listeners, is that uh, we wanted like a way to talk about teams but we didn't want to just wind up talking about kind of the same teams over and over again and so one of the things that we landed on as a possible option was uh just going division by division uh for every week so we're gonna try that for a little while maybe we'll think it works out maybe not but uh let's start with the southeast division um because i think that the teams in this division are like you have Probably five of the ten most interesting basketball teams in the NBA so far. Um, and let's start at the bottom. The Washington <laughs> Wizards, who uh, just now are 2-5. and five. They were 1-5, and five, and then they beat the Nets uh, with Kyrie and KD playing. So Nets struggling Yikes. a little bit post-Dinwiddie. But uh, uh, the Wizards starting to turn their season around. Westbrook played well tonight as well. I mean, the Wizards are interesting for a lot of reasons, right? They're they they definitely it definitely seems like they're better than two and five yeah. in terms of like roster construction. Um, especially, I, I know that like Westbrook is not good, but I feel like the Nets have enough spacing that he can be like better than this. Yeah, Howell Neto, <clears throat> Davis Bertans, Thomas Bryant. And Bradley, Bradley Beal. Beal seems like a pretty sick spacing lineup for Russell Westbrook to wreak havoc. Denny Avdia is also shooting very well from three so far this year on an admittedly small sample size. Uh, so that helps too. I I just don't uh, I don't see why this team isn't better than it is, especially in the East. Um, but if, even if it doesn't work out and they keep being bad then they're still interesting because they've got Bradley Beal. And there's always the potential for a wild Bradley Beal trade. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I imagine they're going to get better, though, right? Like, Yeah, there's no way that they're this bad. I mean, all the games they lost, they lost by, like, seven points or something. You know, they're, they're, yeah. not, uh, they're not losing by a ton. They're losing close games. And Russ, Russ is a big change to their line. I mean, it's going to take time for them to get acclimated. But despite, despite my uh, efforts to get Bradley Beal out of Washington in the trade segment, I, I, I think give them a couple more weeks, they will look far better. Because th- these pieces, I just they just work. Bryant, Bert, Bertrands, they're they're fuck. They've, they've just got a good core around them, despite what you think of Russ. Um, and Russ is, you know, he's polarizing, but he's he does Russ stuff. He gets he 
ekes out wins because he's a, a maniac. He maybe he destroys chemistry a little bit here and there, but he's gonna get you a couple wins and maybe get you a, a spot higher in the play in the playoff race than you would without him or with just John Wall. You know, yeah, I don't know. Walls looked pretty good so far, but uh, yeah. Westbrook, I don't, I don't know if we can say that he's a bad chemistry guy. His teammates have traditionally, like, loved him. You know, even Kevin Durant, who was rightfully very annoyed that Russ, like, took more shots than he did, reportedly loved Russell Westbrook until their, you know, big falling out, which was obviously Kevin Durant's doing. Uh, well, I meant, I meant more on-court, not mm, locker room style. Mm dysfunction but yeah russ cannot be taking 20 shots a game um that's just it's gonna kill whatever team he's on um it's it's just not a it's not a way to to make a a happy a happy nba basketball team unless he's playing next to james harden in which case that might be optimal i don't know i'm i'm curious when they're going to just say russ you haven't shot 30 percent from three for like five seasons you can't shoot threes anymore. Yeah. You're not Stop. allowed. Stop doing it. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen until Scott Brooks is gone. And I think Scott Brooks is going to be gone this season. Uh, or rather, I think Scott Brooks should be gone this season. I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's anyone in the NBA with like, like less qualification in terms of on-court performance and and track record than scott brooks who just like for some reason still continues to have a job doesn't make any sense to me i know he went to the finals but he like played kendrick perkins 28 minutes a game or something in those finals and kendrick perkins was an actual corpse like i i don't know the guy's not a the guy's not an nba head coach he's proven it time and time again uh, he developed three MVP MVPs. Uh, I don't know how much credit he really should deserve for that, but I think that that's the reason why he still has a job. Yeah, maybe. Just his player development skills are so high. Or at least that's the you know, like perceived value there. Man, he's just so then, bad at game-time decisions. Make him your head of player development. That's like a demotion, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But no, you, ha- like, well, you have to do it if you ever want to win basketball games. Well, no, I understand that. Like, from his perspective, why would he take... Like, you don't you don't really see uh, people who are, have positions of authority yeah. taking, like, a, a cut down to a lower authority in the same organization. There was only right. one George Washington. Right. Yeah. Well, who, who would you want to see coach the, this Wizards team? That's the other. That's the other thing. I don't know if there's. They, they probably have somebody in the house for the rest of the season. I don't know how much change you're going to see. Shaka yeah. Smart. Go get him. You've been on the Shaka Smart train for like ten years. I know it'll happen. <laughs> He'll be terrible, and I'll shut the fuck up. Uh, we'll see. So yeah, lot lot of interesting storylines with the Wizards. I mean, before before they started winning, it just looked like this team was absolutely imploding. Westbrook is averaging a triple-double. I don't think he's had a game that wasn't a triple-double uh, yet, but like they just weren't winning, and he was a huge minus on uh, on court numbers. He's also, I think, leading their team in minutes. He was just playing a ton. 
Yeah, this this team is going to go as Westbrook goes. If he has a bad game, I think they're going to lose. If he has a good game, I think they have a good shot to win because, yeah, the Neto, Bryant, Bertans, Beal uh, rotation is, and Avdia, I think probably we should consider adding in there, is pretty disgusting. It's really, really strong. Um, yeah, it's... This is this is why it was so hard to predict them as the ten seed because like on paper they should be really good. There's just something wrong, something weird about it. Well, and a lot of it has it relies on are Rui and Denny going to contribute meaningful minutes this season? And they you know, Rui was fun last year. I, I like him. I'm I'm not as high on him as. Uh, some some people are, but he's, you know, they did a good job in the last two drafts. But how much can they really uh, help them this season is still still in, up in the air. Yeah, Rui has made both of his three pointers this year, so got that going. Got to start somewhere. That's right, uh, Jerry. You uh, you watched uh, Denny Avdia, right? For your uh, your rookie profile, I did watch as much Avdia as I could find. Yeah. Uh, okay. Why don't you give us your breakdown on Denny Avdia and how his season's gone? Uh, well, it's uh, been a pretty damn good start for him. I'll say that much. Uh, he he's averaging a very high percentage from three uh, on an a small sample size, you know, early season. Um, his, uh, free throw percentage is still about where it has been his entire professional career, which is a pretty long one for a player that's only 20 years old. Uh, but that's only on five free throw attempts through the first seven games. Uh, so again, small sample size. Uh, but he, he just looks like he he just looks like he belongs. Uh, <laughs> he's big for a small forward, uh, and he moves fairly decently um, for a guy as large as he is. Uh, and he's got a pretty good eye. Uh, he can definitely make plays when he's in like a good position to do so, and I think that helps him on the other end too. He's gotten a lot of. Uh, a pretty decent number of steals for the amount of minutes that he's been playing. Uh, he's like over one a game so far. Uh, you know, he's... Uh, and he's got one of the best defensive ratings on the team. Um, so, all in all, he looks really good for the rookie uh, taken at the ninth spot. Um, yeah. I, so, uh, um, Jerry, what was it you called him before the nba draft i don't i don't know what you're referring to i think it was the most overrated prospect in the draft uh that doesn't sound like uh me. i think you said also, there's no chance this guy's gonna be good in the nba i also distinctly remember you um just gagging when i picked him as my rookie of the year for uh, during our first episode you you kind of uh, 
you kind of threw up in your mouth. And then... <laughs> did I? Did I do that? That doesn't. That doesn't yeah. sound like something that I would. You do. were you were displeased with my selection. Look, you look, wouldn't even okay. let him talk about it. Look, there have been basically no players in the history of the NBA <laughs> that have shot as well from three as Denny has so far on as bad a free throw percentage as Denny has had throughout his professional career. Bruce Bowen gang and, represent. Uh, this is this is becoming more and more of a thing in the league. I don't understand how so, how those two can be correlated. Obviously, he's not going to shoot forty seven percent from three, uh, but if he hovers around above average, like then he's going to be really good. Um, and there's, uh, I, I I just like. Yeah, it opens up everything else for him, and the rest of his game is pretty solid. Like I'm a little bit nervous about his defense, but people that are smart about passes usually are able to figure out how to play at least pretty good defense. I mean, look at Jokic. Um, so, yeah, he looks like he's going to be pretty good, and I have egg all over my face. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't very, disagree with anything. Very big of you, Jerry. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm happy. To, I'm pleased to see you growing out of your prejudice um, against Denny Avdia. Um, oh, the other thing um, <laughs> I, I should mention about him: uh, the uh, the announcers for the Wizards are constantly making references to the fact that he's Jewish. And it makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> the fact that he's Jewish makes you uncomfortable? Are you kidding no, me? No, the, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> going there, huh? Okay. I'm not no, the one who went there. It's it's like constantly like, oh, happy Hanukkah. Oh, like oh like, no, 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 guys, no. guys. <laughs> Yikes! Wow. I don't. I don't think that I've. Uh, I don't think I've listened to. The Wizards announcers. I think every Wizards game I've watched has been the other team's broadcasters on the stream. But uh, that does sound that does sound um, so, somewhat insensitive. Yeah, yeah it's, it's spinning it's, through it's, the lane like a dreidel. <laughs> I, think, I think they legitimately said said that. No, one. no I, way. I, I think they did. Oh I, my god! I, I didn't write them all down, but. It was like enough. They did mention a dreidel. I, I, that that did, did happen. Uh, oh god! And I was like, I was. It's pretty cringe, bro. That is pretty cringe. Okay. Well, you know, let's try to be charitable. Maybe they're just trying to be inclusive. Uh, I do remember some Amari Stoudemire stuff going that direction back in the day, but I don't. Oh know yeah, that's... when he was taking red wine baths and. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it it to in I don't want to defend those guys, but I've seen when the Knicks had uh when the Knicks drafted Gallinari way back when they would <laughs> they did they didn't do it on the broadcast, but at the garden there was just way too much Italian heritage stereotype stuff. So that's not unheard of in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> it's they're they're trying to be inclusive. It's uh, a lot of like hey, pizza pot, like you know. <laughs> come on, let's let's settle down here, guys. Seth MacFarlane inclusivity. Yeah. If, if Seth MacFarlane is making the jokes that you're making while you're trying to be inclusive, you're you're probably not being inclusive. Is maybe the 
the uh, <laughs> the rule of thumb. Anyway, uh, Danny looks great. It's it is big of you to admit that he looks good. Um, if in like ten games he's just cratered and is playing awfully, I know that Phil and I will both rub it in your face because um, you've talked about how good he's going to be now. Good. Um, yep. It so will be deserved. That's yep. exciting <laughs> for me. Uh, let's move on from the Wizards, though. Uh, as much fun as it would be to uh, focus on Scott Brooks for the rest of time. Um, and to the Charlotte Hornbob Netcats, who have... Uh... I'm, I'm sorry. Could, could you uh, could you say that name again? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. The Charlotte Hornets. What did I say? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Oh, goodness exactly. gracious. Well, my mistake. Charlotte Hornets... Uh, they are two and four uh, in your young NBA season. Uh, they have another rookie who I really didn't think was going to be any good at all. Uh, LaMelo Ball, who has looked outstanding. Looks really, really good. Um, so that's, uh, that's pretty wild. Gordon Hayward has played, uh, played a little bit as well. He's, uh, he has flashes of kind of the old, the old Gordon Hayward. Uh, Terry Rozier is like the best scorer in the NBA all of a sudden. So that's yeah, pretty exciting. That's... All right. So uh, I'll admit I, I didn't do my homework here. I haven't watched any Hornets games. Uh, so, um, yeah. You haven't watched a single Terry... one? No, no. Oh, so man, they're fun. T- Terry, Terry Rozier is, uh, is the best scorer in the NBA. Uh, he looks like it. Wow. Yeah, uh, well, part of part of it is Devontae Graham has played so badly that uh, Terry's, I think Terry's playing in more minutes than Devontae Graham right now. Um, but yeah, Rozier is like their whole he's offense. Play, he's playing well enough that they could probably get something for him in a trade rather than have to attach something to him. It's, yeah, he's been, he, he had a quiet, solid season for them last year yeah. i think this is his contract scares people away but he only makes like looked, 16 doesn't he i think he makes i think it's one of those he makes 18 but it's descending mm. or oh, the other way I, yeah so i okay. think he makes i could be wrong about that oh, let, a, let me check let me check it's fine. i'm no bobby marks you know yeah uh, okay, yeah, it is a descending contract. Yeah, so last year he made 20, this year he makes 19, next year he makes 18. Yeah, it's a lot, but he's, uh, you know, and if, if guys are getting picks for George Hill, potentially, I, I can't see why someone wouldn't give up an asset to get Rozier if they're desperate. Yeah, like he the could Nets, be a target maybe. Like the Nets. Nets. Right, exactly. The Nets, yeah. yeah. He'd be, I mean, he'd be a great uh, short-term replacement for Dinwiddie. Yeah, what do you give up though? How do you go get him? I mean, nineteen million is also is still a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe if you give them Allen and get back, Allen like only makes Pete. three though. Yeah, that's. It's a lot I'm to just give saying, up. if you give them Dinwiddie, Allen, we can't. You can't trade Dinwiddie. You can't trade Dinwiddie. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's tough to make the numbers work. I mean, I'm. Yes, they'd for sure try to do it. I think Rozier's only like 26, too. So there's. Yeah. It's not like he's an old man. Like, you could. He could just be Lou Williams for the next five years. 
That'd be sweet. Uh, so he's yeah, he's been a bright spot. The Hornets record isn't good, but they actually think there's a lot of reasons for optimism. Um, Peach Peach is looking pretty decent. Uh, PJ. PJ might have a little bit of the Jaron Jackson problem. It's not the same degree where, like, Jaron Jackson literally cannot rebound. Um, and Peach can a little. He's not good at it, though. Um, Miles Bridges has looked sick in a few of these games, um, which is I exciting. Like, I like the Bridges brothers. I think they're they're solid. Are they brothers? I'm gonna pretend that they are. Oh yeah. okay. no, we're, I don't. We're running with it. I also we're don't right. think they are. We're, they are. We're, they are I, not. I okay. Well, <laughs> I had I had assumed, uh, and here we are. Yeah. Um, not a good look. They were for you the today. same. They were the same draft, weren't they? They uh, were. No, Miles was one year before Michael, wasn't he? No, I think they were the same. And Mikhail draft. was. Because the. Mikhail got traded for the pick that was Zaire Smith, right? Yep. So, yeah, I think that is the same year then. You're right. Yeah, I don't think they're twins. Uh, well, but I could be wrong. Maybe we no, should. No, no, I'm going to just, uh, I'm just going to. Ancestry.com. Let's just pretend that I didn't say anything. I'm, I'm pretty sure they are not related, guys. It's not a, not a, not a problem. Um, they don't look anything like each other, so if they are related, <laughs> it's real weird. Uh, but yeah, Miles has looked really good. Um, I also I remember reading an article about Miles Bridges while he was still in college about how he like it was really really hard to convince him to even go to the NBA. He just like apparently he just really liked uh, Tom Izzo and like wanted to hang out with him more. And Tom Izzo was like, dude, go be a millionaire. And he's like, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. We, we got a good thing going here, man. We're vibing. And Tom Izzo was like, seriously, dude, just go be a millionaire. It's like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think Miles Bridges is also from Flint. So he did like a lot of volunteering in Flint uh, throughout the Flint water crisis. Yeah, a lot of good things to say about Miles Bridges. I'm I'm really happy that he's becoming like a you know, a quality rotation player in the NBA. And then LaMelo Ball, dude, I don't know. It sucks. I, uh, I, I, he can apparently shoot. I have no idea how that's possible. He's never done it in his life before. Uh, but he's pretty good at shooting. And, um, yeah, I mean, the passing is obviously outstanding. Uh, he's rebounding as advertised. His defense has been, like, really above average for what you'd expect he's stealing the ball a bunch i don't know man i uh i think i'm a, i'm gonna have to eat a lot of crow about Lamelo ball because he looks like a legitimate nba player to me yeah i'm i'm in that boat too i was not high on him and i think he'll probably slow down once the league catches up to him scouting wise but he has looked far better than I, I thought he was. Dude, he's taken like 30-foot shots and making them. Yeah. He's, well, that's not, that's not I, I don't necessarily want to see him do that if I'm a Hornets fan. But, but if he can make them. Yeah. Well, that's the sign that you're a super-duper star, you know? Yeah. If you're just making 40-footers, shoe deal, baby. It's wild. Yeah, Lamelo's Lamelo's gifted, man. Um 
Lots of reasons for optimism for the Hornets. I think that Hayward contract is still egregious, but I think it's going to be way less egregious than yeah. Than I originally well, and they thought. had they they beat the Nets, didn't they? This this last week. I mean, I I think both KD and Kyrie were out that game. Uh, I actually but don't I think, remember. I think they picked up a win against Brooklyn. Yeah, that could be. Um, I remember them beating the Mavs. That might be who you're thinking of. Though, oh no, nope, they did beat the Nets too. Yeah, so they beat they've beaten the Mavs and the Nets. Um, yeah, which you know they're they weren't necessarily at full strength, but those are that's not the dregs of the league either. Those well, were- that Mavs game was like that was not a that was not a good look for that team or for that uh, for the Mavs organization. I th- I'm pretty sure that uh, Jay Rich went like. 0 for 10 or something that game he had just a horrible horrible game yeah uh i'm gonna look this up yeah jay rich on the year so far so 44 and 31 all right that's not as bad as i thought it was josh richardson is uh i don't know he's he's plateauing in a bad way anyway uh exciting stuff the hornets have been fun to watch which was a shock um I think I think I'm pretty comfortable with my Lamelo for uh, rookie of the year. Uh, yeah, I think that's milk probably a pick. solid bet. Yeah, although Edwards Edwards, yeah, it could be. Yeah, Ed, could be the, in there. the problem. I think the problem is going to be that the Wolves are so terrible that it's like it's going to be hard to uh, get anybody on the Edwards train and. Uh, while I do really like him, I mean, he does, he does have this sort of problem where he, um, he, he has an on off switch, I guess is the way that I'd describe it. And part of that is Ryan Saunders and Ryan Saunders is like, Hey, just go stand in the corner for 10 straight plays. Uh, and that's a problem, but part of it too, does seem to be, um, his own sort of, uh, just propensity for going after buckets he's he's he turns it off and he turns it on so i I don't think it'll go to edwards i do think edwards is good but uh and wiseman's been solid too yeah wiseman's been really good yeah the uh all the people that were saying how bad this draft class was um... dude this is what i i texted jerry uh because i i'm not really on nba twitter or like the NBA social media sites. So I was like doing all my scouting on the rookie class. And I was like, dude, I like this year's draft. And he's like, everyone thinks it's dog shit. Like, oh, really? But here are all these players who I think are good. It's like, yeah, but everyone thinks it's bad. And then I went on the internet and confirmed what Jerry was saying. Everyone was trash talking this draft. Well, before the season, the off season before last, everyone was saying this is going to be a historic historically bad draft class really? and then we and then every scout had like 18 months to scout this one class because of the quarantine sure so by the end of it everyone was like well th- this is actually it's one of the deepest we're gonna have a ton of rotation play it's just they they just had enough time to talk themselves into a lot of these guys which sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it it's so far. Obviously, it's really short, but I, I I think there's a lot to like about most of the guys taken in the lottery, and a number of guys who were not taken in the lottery. 
Lamelo Ball is one of them. He's legitimate. He looks really good. Uh, I can't imagine that the shooting continues the way that it has, but I don't know. Tyrese Halliburton also has a wonky jump shot, and he's shooting lights out. Uh, he's so, fun, though, man. Oh, he's... Yeah, I can't wait to talk about Halliburton. Um, <clears throat> but that, that'll come up uh, later. Let's keep moving on. We got the Miami Heat up next, uh, sitting at a uh, pedestrian 2-3. and three. Kind of a shock that they've uh, been on off off to this uh, slower start. Phil, you have them as your number one team in the East, right? Yeah, not the uh, not the war path that I thought they were going to be on. But um, how are you feeling about that prediction? I'm still I, I I still stand by it. I still think they'll be in the top half of the standings, um, just because they've they've they have that playoff experience. I don't know. You know trade may end up changing things i don't think a trade is necessarily imminent for them but you know who knows riley's always tooling with upgrades so it's i just i just trust this roster to pull it together when it needs to and i also think as we've seen these first couple games the raw the the standings are going to be weird this year. Yeah. Like all, we're all going to be wrong. Like yeah. everyone, all these stars are going to sit tons of games. They're in a bubble environment. It's just going to be a lot of wonkiness. Like I, I think the teams that we think are going to be in the playoffs will be in the playoffs. I just think the order is going to be completely different from what we all think it, it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the heater the heater interesting because obviously in the bubble they were incredible, just dominant. Yeah. Um, I think they, I think they might have a rebounding problem. Uh, yeah, it it really well, seems. I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say just segue into the one of the rookies I picked was um, Precious. Mm. Um, who I think is going – he's not playing – he's playing for them. He's not playing a ton for them right now, but he's the kind of guy that could help them in that department. And also just a point about the Heat. They Can they stop like landing these perfect guys for their <laughs> system like late in the first – it's just the fact that I I watched a little bit of him – for the Knicks, when because they were they had the eighth pick this year, I didn't I didn't necessarily want to take him that high. I thought he would go much higher than he did, and for him to fall to the Eastern Conference champions <laughs> when he's a position in need for them, uh, it's just really irritating. That, yeah, <laughs> moderately that fits. egregious. Yeah, and I the other guy I had. I don't want to segue uh, away from the heat for too long, but Maxi is another guy that drops. He's he hasn't played a ton for them yet, but if he can turn into a scoring option for them off the bench for for the Sixers, yeah, to, to nab him at twenty one or twenty two where they got him, oh, is, yeah. is, it's kind of criminal. And also, these are two teams that. 
are probably going to look to make some sort of trade to push them over the top. And if either of these guys pan out, uh, it's it's just it's just another. That's one less first round pick and a swap they have to throw into a deal. You know, so it's. They they have there's just so much value on that Heat team. It's irritating. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hero, hero's trade value is as high as it's going to get probably for the next little while. I think he's only 21, and uh, he's in the like 16, six and four range um, on a like decent uh, percent from three and a pretty good percent overall. Um, hero's like pretty careful with the ball which is wild. Um, That's been the other thing. Uh, So I I said before the season started that I thought, bam, we might see a little bit of regression in the passing. I think we're seeing that a little bit. Uh, I think he, I'm checking now, I think he's averaging like four turnovers a game. Yeah, it's exactly four turnovers a game. Whereas last year was like 2.8. So Bam's turning the ball over a lot more than he was at the start of this season. Um, And then... I mean, Butler has uh, Butler has not been himself at all this year. He's played awfully. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's he doesn't look like a he doesn't even look like an NBA player right now. Much less like a guy who can give you a forty point triple double in the NBA Finals. So Jimmy Butler returning to form is obviously going to be a huge prerequisite for the Heat getting back into the swing of things. But uh, in the interim, just like Bam being a little more careful with the ball and then somebody picking up a little more of the scoring load as like a primary option, um, whether that's Goran Dragic or, uh, I mean, Jimmy Butler's the obvious one, or even Tyler Hero trying to step in and become a 20 points per game type player. Um, It feels like they need that a little bit. This does not feel to me like the same team, which is a, a you know an obvious take given that they're two and three, but uh, it just does not feel like they're as lethal as they were. Yeah, but man, we're still early in the in the season. It's true. Yeah, there's plenty of time to turn things around. Um, also, Duncan Robinson. I just a quick tangent on. If I'm if I'm the Heat making any sort of deal for an upgrade, I'm desperately trying to hang on to Robinson just because I I th- I, th- I think I'm overrating him at this point, but <laughs> he is just whenever I watch the Heat, I am so nervous about him on the three point line just because yeah. he just seems like an automatic uh, <laughs> bucket for them, but. Yeah, he doesn't miss yeah, open. I'm, I'm looking. He's not. He's actually his percentage is down this season from last. He's 44 percent last year. He's four forty percent this year so far. But well, last year when he took a shot, he generated like one point eight points from it or something. Like it was insane. It's abs- absurd. Yeah, yeah. It was. You know, he was the most important shooter in the NBA last year, and probably not you know reasonable to expect that that remains true um but it'll be interesting um yeah the precious the precious pick seems like a great fit i don't have much else to say he gives them i mean he might just be their next udonis aslam 
Well, it was a tough. It, the rookie exercise is tough just because a lot of them aren't playing yet. Right. So I tried to pick guys that, or at least logging minutes, yeah. that could have an impact on teams that matter. For sure. Uh, so let's move on from the Heat uh, to one of the uh, best teams so far in the NBA. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure that this is completely illusory, but uh, we'll get there. That is the Orlando Magic, who are, as of now, 4-2. Uh, and two. They were 4-1, and one, and then they lost to Oklahoma City uh, yesterday. Um but a four and two Orlando Magic team. I don't think I don't think very many people outside of the uh, inland city of Orlando had them pegged to go four and two at the start of the season. I don't uh, think even they had them pegged to go in four and two at the start of the season. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Uh, now, does this say more about their roster, or maybe Jonathan Isaac isn't as important as whoa. we thought? I'm not saying he's Catching not important. Strays. I'm not saying he's not important. I'm just saying maybe this maybe this magic cast is is better than people gave a credit for. Well, so, I mean, Vooch and Terrence Ross have both shot completely unsustainable numbers, um, and are scoring at a really efficient clip. Um, Basically, everyone except for Aaron Gordon and Cole Anthony has been an overperformer. I guess Markel Fultz has been about right, right, right about where you'd expect him to be. Um, but the rest of the team has played really, really well. Uh, you're getting meaningful minutes from you know Dwayne Bacon. That's just gravy. That's awesome. It's Bacon, actually. He's no, been like a, he's been starting for them too in some instances, hasn't he? Bacon? He didn't start the games I watched. At least I don't think. I might, he did. I might but be I, wrong I could about be that. misremembering. I'm, I'm not sure either. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. He, uh, let me let me take a look here. Oh uh, no, he's started all six games. I am misremembering. My bad. Um, yeah, so, which is, I mean, good for him. But good for him. Surprised. Uh, because he was with the Hornets last year, wasn't he? Dwayne Bacon. D. Wayne Bacon. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. he. I think he was drafted by the Hornets a few yeah, years ago. So good. I guess good pickup for. He Orlando was a second round pick, him. wasn't he? Was uh, it? It on. might have been a late first. Dwayne, I think I he was a late first. Deep dive on Dwayne Bacon. <laughs> this is not how I thought this was going to go. Uh, second round. He was the fortieth pick. In the 2017 okay. NBA draft. So, yeah, three years with Charlotte, and then uh, this is his fourth season, and he's on Orlando now. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, getting, they're getting decent minutes from, uh, from him. Cole Anthony is, uh, I don't know. I, 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 was, I was not a believer in Cole Anthony. All my biases are getting confirmed. And then, yeah, Terrence Ross, who is their, you know, bench score extraordinaire is probably in like second place in the running for six man of the year right now. Um, so they, they traded Serge Ibaka for Terrence Ross back in the day. And I remember being like, Oh my God, Masai Ujiri just doing it again. (laughs) Just fleecing the magic. 
They did and win like, a title with Serge Ibaka. And, and they did win a title with Serge Ibaka, and they probably got the better half of that trade. But, like, Terrence Ross is, like, really... He's, like, a better player than he was in, in Toronto. Like, he, he's, he's, like, legitimately good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely overperforming right now. There's, <clears throat> there's no precedent in his career for him performing like this through these first... You know, but if you if, if you carry if you carry the one on that uh, Terrence Ross deal though they they traded Oladipo and Sabonis for Ibaka so they essentially traded Sabonis and Oladipo for Terrence Ross. It's not it's not great. That's <laughs> egregious. Not great. <laughs> Look, man, I'm not saying that the Magic have made good decisions. <laughs> I mean, they also traded. Uh, they had Reddick, and then they traded him for Tobias Harris, and then they traded Tobias Harris for Brandon Jennings, just to get his expiring kind. Of, like, yeah, they have a history of actually drafting well. Dude, do you remember that uh, Mo Harkless Tobias Harris team? That was actually a fun team to watch back in the day. Yeah. They sucked, but they were fun. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I I'm pretty sure. Ten games from now, the Magic are going to definitely have a losing record. I don't think they're a very good basketball team. Um, so that's probably true. I, I think that this is also like there's something to be said for continuity. Uh, and the Orlando Magic definitely have pretty good continuity. And I don't know. I've always been an enormous Steve Clifford fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. How are you feeling about Aaron Gordon, who has looked? Uh, I don't want to say awful, but I'm I'm still a believer, man. I'm, I finally got to look at that fro, which was everything. Everything you said it was and more. I will I will die on the Aaron Gordon hill, and I know that that is where I will die. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, oh, but he's just not. He just doesn't do anything. You know, you, you misunderstand. It's not that he doesn't do anything. It's that he does a little tiny bit of everything. And I it guess. just doesn't really look like he's doing anything. Uh, the jack all trades. The problem with Aaron Gordon, I, I don't know what his listed weight is anymore. Let's see here. What's Aaron Gordon listed uh, as weight-wise now? 235. I think he's got to be in the 260 range. He's He's put on some beef the past couple seasons. He's looking big. It's all muscle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask too that we're because you know Orlando's had a strong start, and I'm also looking at the standings, um, which we're not talking about them today. But Denver one and four to start the season in this bubble environment. I think that a strong or weak start could really have a major effect on how these guys end up in the standings later in the season. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if just just based on how Orlando started, they sneak into the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised if Denver's way further down in the standings than we thought they'd be. Because again, the, I don't know if these, I don't know if a lot of these guys are going to care about home court advantage and if they're not going to be playing in front of fans it's just what's the incentive yeah yeah i don't know man it's 
I'm just not a believer in this Magic team. I like I like their players. I think there's a reason for optimism. I think when Isaac comes back, that'll be a really good thing. Um, it is too bad that uh, Mo Bamba has yet to um, exist as a human basketball player. Hopefully that happens someday. Um, right now, the best plays I've ever seen Mo Bamba make are those... Instagram videos that he has uh, at his basketball camp where he's just stuffing four-year-olds, just <laughs> slamming it back in their face. <laughs> so uh, that's not a good sign when your best highlights are against four-year-olds. Um, and yeah, I I sort of forgot they drafted Cole Anthony because I cared so little about Cole Anthony as a prospect, but I, I really think I think that was a bad draft pick. And I think I think... I saw a Zach Lowe article about how like this was a great gamble for them to take and how they need him to be their big bench scorer. And it's like, I, does anyone expect Cole Anthony to be very productive in the NBA? I think you'd be unwise to expect that. Well, he's been better than I expected, but I was surprised they picked him too because he seems a bit redundant with faults. So I'm not. I wasn't sure. He's been better that- than you expected. I yeah, I thought he was going to be uh, like unplayable. Oh, okay, sure. But he he's shown he can at least dribble. He, he and, can dribble and rebound a little bit. Yeah, that is about it. Cannot do much else. Yeah, but I, I am definitely happy for Fultz though. Yeah, Seems yeah, figuring things out. Yeah, Fultz has Fultz has struggled a little bit as of late, but uh, I don't. I I think he'll. I think he'll. Finish the season with better numbers that he had than he has now, um, and yeah, I mean he's he's like out there trying. What else do you want? That's good stuff. I'm glad that he's out there and that he's like he's you know he's not going to be a super millionaire, but he's going to have more money than he can ever spend in his life. Good for him. Uh, so let's move on from the Orlando Magic to the final team in the Southeastern Division, uh, the team that has been. So fun to watch. I've texted you guys so many times about them already this season. And uh, just, you know, no response. Keep sending, man, the Hawks are so fun. Oh, man, look how fun the Hawks are. Oh, guys, look, the Hawks, they're so fun. Uh, I just, I I'm, I can't move to Atlanta. I just can't. Move. <laughs> uh, well, you're going to have to. The Hawks are so fun. I love this basketball team. Uh, it, it was real. What are the Hawks? Uh, a pretty good, a pretty good basketball team, I'd say. They're um, not so fun. They're four and two. They're four and two. They are four and two. That's right. Um, they, yeah, they were four and one. They lost to a surprising Cavs team, and they tied the game once, and then they got within one as well at the end of that game. And Colin Sexton and Andre Drummond just like were clutching out. Colin Sexton drained like a twenty-seven footer that was a beauty. Uh, and when he makes those shots, there's not much you can do. Um, Trey Young is for sure an all-star. I have yet to... I don't really listen to when Ben Simmons or Bill Simmons talks because I don't think Bill Simmons says a lot that's worth listening to. But uh, I'm looking forward to hearing him eat his words about Trey Young being a useless basketball player because Trey Young's really good. Um, DeAndre he's still, Hunter? Yeah, he's still snickering about that. Like a yeah. Well, it's it's Trey Young and Cam Reddish. Like yeah, 
I I don't know, man. I and Deon DeAndre's looks good. DeAndre Hunter. Oh yeah, he's looked awesome. Down. Yeah, uh, Hunter can shoot like a lot. Yeah. He's really not afraid to let it fly, and it goes in almost as often as it does not go in. Yeah, the uh, the way in which everyone was anointing Luca as like the next greatest player of all time and clearly the better player of those two uh, feels really sort of uh, silly given like, let these guys have their careers. Let's see what they do. Yeah. You know, it's way too early to say which one's going to be better. Trey Young's an amazing basketball player. He's really good. Well, I sorry, go ahead, Jerry. Sure. Sure. I, I, I think that's a little, I mean, like there's definitely some of that, but like, the the Hawks, it, like the fact that they drafted Trey Young and not someone else instead of Luca, really like is good for them. Yeah, <laughs> I no, don't get me wrong. I like had they taken Jaron Jackson and then traded him for Luka Doncic, I would have been like, yeah, I don't know, but. Even even then, these guys these guys are so young. None of them are even like twenty two. It's insane how young they are, or maybe they just turned twenty two. I don't know. My point is like you have to let them have their careers. Let's see how let's see how they turn out before we say that one of them is definitely going to be one of the five best players of all time, and the other one's a bust. Which, if you ever listen to Bill Simmons and Ryan Russillo talk about Trey Young, it's always just that he's bad at basketball, which is like obviously wrong yeah well it's not just that it's like they they talk about Doncic if Doncic is Jordan then Trey Young is Sam Bowie like yeah they, it's 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 absurd it's absurd <laughs> yeah Trey Young's been amazing uh this season and the Hawks have a lot of other really good players uh John Collins I think is pretty well established himself as like the best rim runner in the NBA at this point um, Did you guys see that dunk, by the way? The alley-oop put-back dunk? The the one over Jared Allen? Oh, baby, yes. Yeah, that that was. was. From four feet away from the basket. <laughs> Somehow yeah. jumped straight up and still dunked it. I felt, I, I really felt for Jared. That yeah. was, whew. Well, Allen gets up there. He's going to contest even the ones that he can't get to. Clint uh, Capella and Collins seem like they make an amazing pair. That's been cool to watch. Collins hasn't even shot well yet. Like, he's struggling from beyond the arc this season, and he's still offensively a huge weapon for them. Um, Hunter, I mean, the Jerry, this is going to hurt you, and I'm sorry. The DeAndre Hunter pick um, really makes the Jared Culver pick feel like a bummer. Um, same with DeAndre Garland. Hunter. What was that? Was Culver, wasn't Culver selected after yeah yeah i'm not saying they should have taken deandre hunter i'm saying like there was speculation that culver might go first and it's really a shame that he did not well culver's been solid for you guys this season hasn't he oh yeah but like he's no Deion. yeah he's just not i don't know I, I was. It was really fun while the Timberwolves were the best team in uh, the NBA because we got to talk a bunch of shit about how good Jarrett Culver was. But uh, realistically speaking, no. I mean, Jarrett Culver is like a, a mediocre prospect at best. 
Fury probably disagrees with me. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think I disagree. I think he's, I think he's pretty good. Um, he just needs to like convert his layups. Not being able to make layups <laughs> is one of the signs that you uh, might not be a very good prospect. Well, yeah, so he's got the Alfred Payton syndrome. Well, the thing the thing for me with Jared Culver is like his defense is pretty good. His uh, passing is pretty good. The and he can get to the rim. He just doesn't finish there often enough. Like there's so many times where I'm watching Jarrett Culver, and he makes a, a slithery like kind of like surprise like kind of slowish play and gets to the rim and has a relatively clean look at a layup or like a and takes the shot and it misses and it's like yeah. gotta you gotta make those and he got a lot stronger in the off season. Um, and so I was pretty I was pretty hopeful that he would like be able to convert those better. And I still am hopeful that he'll like as the game as he gets older and like better that he'll start converting those. And if he does, then he's he's going to be a rotation player for sure with higher upside. And I remember, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that he's he's pretty good. He's good. I, I, I like Colbert. I, I was. So, so I'm torn here because, like, part of me just wants I, – I like it when Jerry's happy. So I just want to geek out and, like, say Jared Culver's good. And I tried that last week when Jared Culver was playing really well, and it was really nice and it was fun. But uh, I don't know. Then you watch him play. I think he just has a lot of holes in his game. It's an unfortunate thing. Um, maybe he can be a point guard someday. He can – he can pass and he can play make. He can ball handle a little bit. He isn't, you know, the Andrew Wiggins situation where, like, every time he tries to dribble more than two times in a row, he dribbles off his foot or the defenders. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a not a believer. Watching DeAndre Hunter flourish is just sad. Cause, and the same thing with Darius Garland because it's like, man, we just could have had those guys. Well, I mean, like, it most. definitely does hurt. Yeah. Right. Uh, so between like Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Bogey, Herter, Reddish, and probably Gallo. Gallo still hasn't played much for them. Um, the amount of out now too, isn't he? Yeah. 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 The amount of shooting that they can put up around Trey Young is sort of absurd. Um, it's yeah, it's going to be great. I think that I still think the bogey contract is really bad, and the Gallo contract is probably pretty bad. But like, I don't know, dude. I've been on the Hawks bandwagon. I've been like steering <clears throat> the Hawks bandwagon while they were bad, and it's it's nice to watch them play well. I'm, I'm sorry. Still, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Jerry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring this back. The other thing about the uh, the the Culver thing is that. If we had drafted Garland, we probably would not have traded for D'Angelo Russell. Oh God, that's a good point. So and that does that hurt. all that also hurts. I mean, it means that Wiggins is probably still on the team. Which whatever, like, whatever. But, we still have our pick next year. Yeah, that's true. I I don't know. It's it's a it was certainly like a a, a forking point that. Yeah, that point did fork me. It's true. Dude, okay, so it's it's even where I, I because you because you went back to Jared Culver, I was like I should defend this with numbers 
not just my intuition um, that he can't shoot or do anything. Uh, these are Jarrett Culver's uh, numbers this season. He's playing 23.2 minutes per game, 7.2 points, 6.4 rebounds. Not terrible. Zero not point. Ter- zero- not terrible. That's good. Okay, that's fine. Uh, for a guard, that's good. For a guard, that's good. Yep, definitely good for a guard. 6.4 rebounds. 0.4 assists. 0.6 steals. 0.4 blocks. 1.6 turnovers. His shooting splits are 37, 25, 71. And the 71 is probably illusory because he could not free throw shoot last season at all. Oh, see, I disagree abs completely. That, think, that's, that's the, I think, think that he's a fine free throw shooter. I all think right. that the first season was a fluke. Let's say that the 71 is realistic then. 37, 25, 71. Yeah, not good. not it's good. It's awful. I, yeah. I would have guessed that he was in the three assists per game range, but 0.4. I mean, that doesn't surprise me either, though. Uh, okay, it surprised me a little that bit. That surprises uh, me a lot. I, 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 would, I would have had him in like the two to three range. He's but... playing 24 minutes a game. That's worse than Shabazz Muhammad. <laughs> so oh, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> Do you, do you know who Why was drafted? Not? <laughs> do you know who was drafted one spot after Shabazz Muhammad? I don't want to talk about it. Um, they were hint. They were teammates like for a I've little been... while. Uh, I, I'm blanking, but I feel like I I knew this at some point. It's gonna hurt. Giannis <clears throat> Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Was Shabazz taken that high? One spot yeah. ahead of one Giannis. spot before him. Oh boy. You know who's well, taken uh, oh, fourteen sorry, go got fourteen teams <laughs> passed on him, so it's not it wasn't just you guys. Yeah, but when you're the one right before it, it still hurts. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also took Johnny Flynn before Steph Curry <laughs> so and sorry. Ricky Rubio and and Ricky Rubio. I I love you, Ricky. <laughs> I love you, Ricky. Okay, hey, there's a bright spot for the Wolves. Ricky is looking more and more like an NBA player again. So that's been good. Uh, yeah, that, that's actually kind of what I was going to get at. Uh, yeah. The It doesn't surprise me that Culver doesn't get more assists because right now he's, uh, like, would be the, what, fifth option in terms of playmaking? All right, we're, we're done talking about the Wolves. That, it's, right. been, it's been too much. It's... We're talking about the Hawks. Uh, All right, yeah, Hawks, sorry. Go I, ahead. I think that the Hawks are a top eight team in the NBA. That's my bold take. That's a pretty bold wow. take. Yep. Yeah, that is that is very bold. I'm saying it. I think maybe regular season wise, that that could end up being the case, but I I see them running into a lot of problems in their first playoff appearance. Oh man. Just unless Chris Dunn turns into the best defensive Chris stopper Dunn. of all done. Chris Dunn. If he's just, if he's just the, you know... Dude, the, stop stop the tempting me Kryptonite. to talk about the Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they need Chris Dunn. I don't think that's going to matter all that much. I think they're a bad defensive team. I don't think they're an egregious defensive team. 
You know what? No, I don't even think they're a bad defensive team. I think they're fine. Uh, I think they play at a really high pace. I don't know what they're, what pace uh, they have uh, in the NBA, but uh, I would suspect that it's in the top top three or four. Um, so I, yeah, I like I. They're a top twenty defense in the NBA, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. <laughs> Bold takes. Top 20. That's right. Top 20, baby. 20 best defenses in the world, Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> but they're like one of the four best offenses. Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted from the Wolves. Oh. <laughs> like that, that Good was, luck. Stop. Stop. Okay. Not talking about the Wolves. <laughs> All right. Uh... All right. So hey, I'm look. Not... This is our podcast. You can talk about the Wolves as much as you want. <laughs> I uh, wanted the Wolves to be a top four offense in the NBA. Yeah, we all did. God, the Wolves. All right. Anyway, uh, honestly, so, I, I think Atlanta's only going to get better. Um, Collins yeah. and Capella are still learning to play with each other. Capella missed two games, um, and I think their opponents scored like 120 and 140 in both of those games. So their defensives. Their defensive numbers, uh, which I don't even know what they are. Let me take a look at their D rating. Oh, baby. Oh, right in the sweet spot. 19th. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, 19th D rating. Uh, that's going to improve. They're going to they're gonna get better at defense. Uh, their offense is uh, astoundingly good already, and John Collins is going to remember how to shoot at some point. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm I think that... I think that uh, you can say with some certainty that um, the Lakers are better, the Clippers are better, the Nets. I don't know, man. The, I don't know how the Dinwiddie. Uh, I don't know how the Dinwiddie thing affects uh, things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna table the Nets for now. You got Lakers, Clippers. You've got the team that might be the best team in the NBA, which is the Suns. You got the 76ers. Maybe the Pacers, the Bucks, probably. Okay, good. I was waiting for you to say the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are a weird team this season, dude. They are they are hot and cold, and uh, their defense has been um, not quite where we thought it would be. And I just to add, I don't think this means too much in the grand scheme of things, but Giannis looked miserable in the game they lost against the Knicks. He looked like he was, he had a lot of regrets. <laughs> so I think they, they could be in for a, uh, a bumpy ride this year. Could be. I, they'll figure it out. Their team is so talented. It, they'll be fine. And, and Mark Budenhauser is, you know, one of the, one of the 10 best regular season coaches. Uh, but you got to put the Hawks right in there. Like, and that's eight or nine. I think they're going to do it. I think they'll be a top eight team in the NBA. I'm calling it. Yeah, I mean, the Eastern Conference has been pretty disappointing in terms of, like, the teams that we thought were going to be good. Uh, so it it's not as, like, wild as I initially got reacted to. Yeah, I don't – I can't – I have a hard time seeing one team pulling away from the pack and, you know, racking up – 
a 10 game lead on the rest of the Eastern Conference. I if think they're the all going to. Sixers can figure out their offense a little more. I think they're yeah, that team. They're probably the best candidate. Offensively, they're still pretty challenged. This Embiid Simmons thing is hard, but defensively, they're amazing. It's hard, but they still, I mean, Embiid is just. If he's if he's got the right matchup, he he's unstoppable. True. And they don't really. Yes, would it be great if they worked out some sort of more cohesive chemistry between the two of them? But I think they they've done a decent job of uh, working with what they have on and off. You know, between Simmons and Embiid and their different yeah, styles for sure. Uh, so I know that they're not in the Southeastern Conference, but can we talk about the Phoenix Suns? Yeah. They look so good. Now, did you – one of you had them third, right? I had them fourth. Fourth, okay. Yep. yep. I had I had them at eight. I, I, I had them, I think, at seven or eight, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I was high on the Suns. They look real Chris good. Chris Paul, man. Yeah, Chris Paul's amazing. Yeah, he is really good. He's really, really good. Uh, I do love. I, I I should look up. I think they're last in pace this year. I I want to see what they were last year. Last year they were tenth. So that's that Chris Paul effect. We're gonna slow down. <laughs> we're gonna grind. Uh, just, he's just NBA Viagra. He's just <laughs> dude. What? Chris Paul. Chris Paul is <laughs> really good. Uh, just saying, you you you. you Give a pop a Chris Paul pill to any young team, and they're gonna make they're gonna rise to the occasion and make the playoffs. That's what happens? Or maybe rise. okay, maybe he's and maybe he's NBA Cialis. I don't know what whichever brand you want to go with. All right, uh, sure, yeah. All right, we're yeah. officially off the rails, dude. The Suns look so good. I really, really like their team. Uh, I think that their wins have been like well earned. Uh, let me take a look here. So they beat the Mavericks, then they lost to the Kings by three. The Kings have been good. They came back. They beat the Kings by sixteen. They beat the Pelicans, then the Jazz, then the Nuggets. Wow, that's a rough schedule too. And they're five and one with five that schedule. One. Dude, yeah. they are. That's pretty good. They're legit. and their young guys have their young guys have looked good. Bridges has looked great for them. He cannot uh, miss when he shoots. It's insane. Yeah. Better of the two Bridges brothers. It has been a shame that they've been giving <laughs> Jay Crowder minutes because Jay Crowder's bad at basketball. Um, but they do they they play the shit out of James Crowder, um, which is Where, did they was he is he on just a one year. Deal. I don't know what James Crowder or James James Crowder. What Jay James. Crowder's? No, he's on a he's on a three year deal. He's oh. making like ten million dollars a year, which is about ten million more dollars than Jay Crowder deserves. Oh, oh, that's totally movable, though. Not everybody hates Jay Crowder's. Dude, was Jay Crowder the secret sauce that kept the heat going? <laughs> hmm? Alex. Uh, the cams. I don't know if you guys have watched a bunch of Suns games, but uh, the Cams have been super fun. They've got, you know, Cameron Johnson and Cameron Payne, uh, both of whom have just been, like, 
incredibly good at basketball, which has been sick to watch. Um, the homies played a little bit for him. I'm not I'm not a Dario Sarge guy. Part of that is because I had to give up Jimmy Butler to have him on my team, and that's insane. I have to ask because you've used this before, but what what is the origin of that nickname? The homie. Yeah, it's from Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, that was a nickname that he got his rookie season. Uh, I actually don't okay. know why uh, that is his nickname, but that's uh, yeah, that's just it's what he was called. I don't know. It's better than Super Dario, cool, which is the other one, but that one's misleading. Uh, The Jalen Smith pick looks awful. That guy can't play basketball, doesn't know how. He's really bad, and I think they took him 10 10. over Halliburton, over Vassell. Yikes. The Vassell one's going to hurt, but I think think Halliburton... Wasn't it um, reported that he wanted to go to set? He shoot oh, yeah. off all the other teams and wanted to go. He tried sack. to get to Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. That's so bizarre. It is weird. And at a certain it's point, not even really. It's it's not even really a, a a natural fit for him as a player. But hey, whatever. Work, working out so yeah. far. He looks good. Uh, going to the Suns, he would have looked good too, and that would have been an incredible fit. So they wasted their draft pick um, yet again, um, and then they're like they're getting like some Langston Galloway minutes. But the the real the real stars of this team, uh, DeAndre Ayton, as a defender, is amazing. He's really really good. Uh, it's been wild to watch. He can switch. I have no idea how. He's like seven feet tall and 270 pounds or something, but he can switch and defend on the perimeter pretty well. Booker is a legitimate first option in the NBA. You have Chris Paul. I don't need to say too much more about that. And Paul hasn't even shot well yet. They're 5-1, and one and Chris Paul isn't even shooting the ball well. Yeah. And that, that game that they lost... Uh, was crazy to watch because uh, like Devin Booker had had a huge first half and then he just could not make a shot in the fourth quarter. It was wild. He missed every three he took, or at least that's what it felt like. Um, he's also shooting a really bad percentage from the free throw line and that'll improve. Um, I don't know, man. I'm high on the Suns team. I think they're really good. Yeah, it's been that 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 team's needed a break too. They've yeah. been. Been in, in the weeds for a, for a long time. Yeah, it just feels like they're they're really well matched up against their two Western Conference um, mega foes in the Lakers and the Clippers too. I mean, like Anthony Davis is actually unguardable, but DeAndre Ayton can probably slow him down. And Ayton is not a big part of this Suns offense, which is a, a bit surprising. Um, so they really, don't they don't really need him yet. No, I mean, exactly. Uh and so I guess you can like I don't know, who do you put on Booker? LeBron's probably got to guard Chris Paul. I I don't know. I think they match up well against the Lakers. Uh and then the Clippers, it's a little weirder. Like I think they probably run their offense through uh DeAndre Ayton when they play against the Clippers, but the shooting on this team is 
is legit. The cams both can shoot. Booker obviously can shoot. Michael Bridges or Mikhail Bridges literally doesn't miss. It's just never happened before. Uh, <laughs> he's got a magnet. How does that work? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Magic. I, I could see this. I could see this team going far. But it's I, a Chris Paul team, so they're going to lose in the second round. I, I was just going to. Well, I was going to say, I, I think that the Clippers matchup is not good. I, I, I am I like I like DeAndre Ayton. I don't think running your offense through him is a good plan in the playoffs. because uh, he he does some weird inefficient things sometimes. Uh like he, he takes a lot of mid range jump shots for a guy that looks like he does. <laughs> um and also there are like if if the other team is forcing you to not play through Chris Paul and Devin Booker, then they're probably winning, you know? Yeah, it could be. It could be. I don't know. Aiden's, uh, Aiden has worked as a primary offensive weapon before, and he's done a really good job as, at it. But uh, when Chris Paul joins your team, you know, you make adjustments. And he's been focused, it seems like, exclusively on just playing insane defense and rebounding the ball really well. One weird surprise is it does feel like he's uh, he was sort of like entering that echelon of the Andre Drummonds of the world, where it's like this guy can offensively rebound at an insane degree or at an insane rate. And that seems to have been slipping a little bit. doesn't seem like they keep him there. So I don't know if uh, Monty Williams has him running some new, you know, uh, rebounding schemes or something because I'm not a smart enough basketball brain to understand that. But in any case, been really fun to watch the Phoenix Suns. I really like them. Yeah, I got to catch more of them. Same. Uh, so uh, last things last, uh, I've got my rookie, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, he's the guy who I decided to watch the tape on and uh, – there's less to say maybe than I thought there would be when I when I dibsed him because uh, I had watched a few Kings games up to that point and really enjoyed watching him play. I think the I think the most straightforward way to put it is uh, he's just like smarter than most of the NBA players who he's playing against, which is crazy because he's only 20 years old um, to be this like. To be this smart and this uh, unfazed by the moment is just, it's wild. Uh, They lost a game. I don't remember who it was against um, earlier. It might have been, I don't remember who it was. Anyway, uh, they lost a game, but Halliburton shot uh, like really clutch three to bring them within one with like 40 seconds left in their most recent game. And uh, it was just, I mean, it was like... It was just business. He does not look like he cares about the situation. He has that Tyler Hero thing that Hero had last year where it's just like he doesn't care about the moment. The moment is irrelevant to him. He's just out there playing basketball. He knows how to do that. He knows how to do it really well. His shot seems real. He's shooting really well from three and the free throw line. He's crafty as hell. He's got those Andre Miller moves where he's just like wiggling and slow-moing his way into like easy buckets. Um, He doesn't just miss them like a Timberwolf would. Uh, he's like a he's a really crafty passer, which everybody said he would be, and it's wild he is. Um, I think he only has four turnovers this season. He's like really safe with the ball. 
There's yeah. there's like nothing bad to say about him. If he's your backup point guard, I mean, my goodness. He's, and he's he, super he's super long. Right. It's just there's so he, he has that weird shooting hitch, but everything else about his game is it's it's so exciting. It's just you can't it's it's easy to overlook. He also he, can't he forgive jump. him forgive him for that. Yeah. Yeah, he he doesn't know how to jump, which is weird. He, he like, avoids contact a lot too. He the way that I would maybe describe him is like he's the player that you really wish Tyus Jones could be. Oh, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Well, besides Toppin, he's probably the most NBA ready guy in the draft. Halliburton. So I I I always thought he would be solid during the season. I was a little worried about his sh- shot the mechanics there. Um, but if it's going in, I mean, it's hard to hate on him. I mean, he's taken 20 so far this season, which obviously is not a lot, but he's made 10 of them. I mean, it's not like Sean Marion weird, but it's still, it's enough of a hitch to make you second guess. It's certainly not like Joachim Noah. Sides no, we're not talking shit. Michael Kidd Gilchrist here. The kid, yeah. The, like it's going to, it's going to go in sometimes. And just you're right, the, you're right. The passing is so fun. It's spot on. He's just. Yeah. It's not just that he like makes the right decision uh, either, because that's like Deer and Fox does that pretty well. He just makes the right choice. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a Deer and Fox fan. Uh, I don't think he's. I don't I don't think he's as good maybe as like Sacramento fans wish he was, but like he makes the right pass more often than not. But there's just a creativity with Halliburton. I remember, I remember like uh, watching as he like slithered his way to the free throw line to like pull one help defender, and the second the guy took the step, he just rifled a pass to the corner, which is not where you think that's going to go because the help defender's coming from you know the weak side, and it just yeah his re- his reads are excellent. It yeah. just worked. Yeah, it was wild. It just kind of froze the NBA defender, which is. Uh, NBA defenders don't get frozen all that often. It's it's like uh, I don't know if you remember the Otto Porter, the famous Shaqton a fool. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, where he's just uh, standing there and he's like every every three seconds he looks back to check his man and then his man's like all right, and then well. he's gone. Yeah, <laughs> and then he waits the full three seconds to check his man again, <laughs> then just turns around and books it. Yeah, I remember that one. Ah, good times. Otto Porter. <laughs> Where'd he go? Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's uh it's hard to do that. And it's it's especially hard to do that when you're like in the paint. I don't know. He's smart. He's crafty. I like him. He uh he passes the way that like D'Angelo Russell passed in college. Which the Wolves wanted heartbroken. The Wolves wanted Halliburton? Yeah, he was their like number 2 on their board. Oh, crazy. Like I heard they wanted Toppin too. Oh, there was that yeah, rumor was going around for a while. They were connected to Toppin, Edwards, and Halliburton. Interesting. Well, uh, the good news is it looks like all of those guys are probably pretty good at basketball. So, at least there's that. Okay. Well, I think that's all. Uh, all we had planned for uh, for episode three did a cool two hours and forty minutes. Not too bad. Yeah, it's. Uh... So like a, a light a light podcast. It's not yeah, uh, it's it's nothing. Just get get your get your appetite 
for the for the week ahead. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, I am. Uh, I am certainly. My appetite is whetted. Uh, ready to rock. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go eat some bacon. Some Dwayne bacon. As a as the podcast's resident vegan, I cannot recommend that, but uh, I do support you as a friend in um, making yourself as happy as you can. Uh, also, cannibalism is wrong. But uh, before we go, Jerry, is there anything else you'd like to say to the folks at home? No. Okay. Hey, Phil. Anything you want to uh, leave our listeners with? Well, for the past hour, I've been trying to think of an unleavened bread basketball joke for Denny in Washington, but I just couldn't put. I couldn't do the math while doing the podcast. So maybe next week. You and the uh, Wizards announcers, apparently. Uh, yeah, both doing that. Can I? Uh, can I change my answer? You cannot. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. So bye. Later. Listen, listen carefully.